sit back and get ready to have the most fun you ever had with an electronic device. Well, I got the chili going. We're doing wings later. And there might be a sandwich involved at some point. Big well, here's here's we're, an we're, interesting... We got, uh, some, we got some gabagool downstairs, too. We got a little gabagool. Gabagool. All right, everybody, welcome out to the Logger Room. It is Wednesday, March 17th. Happy St. Patrick's Day, folks. Slancha, uh, Jersey Johnny coming at you. And with me, as always, are none other than Mr. Radio Pete and Mr. Harry Lugnuts. Say hello, guys. Hello, guys. Hey, now. Boy, we, we, uh, we butcher words in many languages. We have butchered words in many languages. Slancha. Mm-hmm. Slancha's right. I guess so. Sure. I think it's, it's, what does I it mean? Say, I didn't say slanty. Slanty. <laughs> so, Happy slanty, you leprechauns. Happy slanty, you leprechaunies. Slancha, <laughs> uh, everybody. Uh, and uh, and happy birthday to Mr. Lugnuts. Yay. 29 again. 29 I was going again. to, um, I was going to get the boys to uh, serenade you with a little piano trombone rendition of happy birthday, but that would have, Taking effort, yes, <laughs> but that would have that would have taken a little effort. So. And uh, uh, I'm just I'm. Do, do they do to, it I, in Tom Waits style? Absolutely. I have to. <laughs> happy birthday! Yeah, uh, so I have to admit, happy birthday, swordfish trombone. My my will is not as strong as uh, two teenage boys. <laughs> They're tougher than I am. This is true. Yeah. This is true. Yeah. But happy have... birthday. Happy birthday! But you Happy have somebody birthday. to clean the gutters. So, yeah, that's yeah. There you go. It's debatable. It's called so... a, a wife. <laughs> <laughs> well, already then. On that note, uh, how's your birthday been so far, Mister Lugnitz? Just uh, stellar. Stellar leading up to this, so you know, can't can't complain. I've can't been working complain. all day. So there you go. There you go. I, and it, it looks like you still have sun out there, since it is only uh, uh, five thirty-five fifty-three out there. So it is. I do have sun. My uh, this time of year, I'm getting a sun creeping through the west window, and it's nice. It's nice that it's still light out at uh, six o'clock now. There you go. It's a beautiful thing. Something about artificially playing with the clock the clock seems to make the sun come up different times yeah artificial i mean we we do it we do it you know it's we the clocks don't artificially change we change them manually ourselves but you know well some of them change automatically though i meant mother nature's clock i know what you meant yeah i know what you meant no i was just getting used to actually starting work and it not being dark and now it's about a for about a week and a half and then now it's dark again and i have to You'll have that walk around with the big monk. flashlight for the first hour of work. It stinks. Sure. Well, yeah, maybe you could pick a different restroom on the turnpike. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, but you know, you're a creature of habit. You know, I mean, creature of habit. Yeah. So, so are they. Right. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. So are, your, so are your clients. I'd be happy to pick another place, but I don't think they would. <laughs> yeah. This is and, and the day shift is, you know, the daylight shift is never as lucrative as the night shift. This is it's very true. true as well. Yeah. Sure. So, so, something to think about. Something to think about. But I'm, you know, home for dinner, so it makes it all worthwhile. I mean, yeah, uh, and uh, full benefits. Yeah, <laughs> can't beat that. Can't beat that. 
in any event. All right, there we go. Um, off the rails right at the beginning the rails, of the show right at the again. Of the show. That's it. We are consistent. <laughs> we are no, consistent. We're nothing but not, if not consistent. We'll see you next week, folks. <laughs> All right. Um, listen, I have, a, I have a message going out to, uh, to the garden. Uh, I want to send it out before we get going. Okay. Uh, we'll start off with uh, basketball anyway, but uh, lately. Um, I, this, this is for uh, Mr. Dolan uh, and any of the security guards, okay? This is Patrick Ewing, okay? He, he's, he's a star among stars from the Garden, okay? He played for the Knicks. The Knicks is a team that plays where you work. And if it's Dolan that's listening, who you own, okay? Patrick Ewing. This is him now, okay? So just in case there was any confusion, just wanted to make sure you, you all knew that, so. I hope yeah. that helps. I hope that now, helps. Was he one hundred percent serious about that? Or I, I kind of got the feeling that Ewing was he was he was not happy, but he wasn't maybe necessarily I thought he was playing a little bit, but he was definitely, I'm sure it was no, no, frustrating. Or was he just really he was he was pissed because it was it happened on numerous numerous occasions, occasions yeah. and he just all he's gotta do, right, is point up to the rafters and go, Yeah, that's my fucking ID my, right up my there. My ID's right there. That's it's hanging ID. right up there. Dick. Yeah, probably some security guard wearing a Derrick Rose jersey. <laughs> probably a Bulls Derrick Rose jersey. A Bulls Derrick yeah, Rose jersey. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah well, I mean, uh, MSG got rid of Al Troutwig this week, too. So it's, uh, yeah, you know. Fine. He sucked. You think? <laughs> I never had much love for Al Troutwig. What have, All yeah. right. Well, sorry, Al. I was trying to give you some props, but radio <laughs> yeah, people just suck. I will tell you this: I, he, he did a good job. He did a good job on the um, the Hawaii Ironman. They do a film about the Ironman triathlon, and he narrates that, and he's yeah, good at that. But I, I no, you know, he doesn't suck. I guess I just I've never found anything special about him. Okay, he was he, he was Chadwick's uh, fine. I mean, what what was the reason they got rid of him? I don't know. They just did, they did not renew his contract. They did not renew mm-hmm. his contract. Uh, so who's coming in to uh, take his place? Who knows? Dolan's going to do, do it himself. Patrick Ewing. There you go. Dolan's going to do it himself. Yeah. Jeremy Lin's going to come in and announce the Rangers games. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, that, that I have no idea. Um, and speaking of LeBron James, um, you see what he bought yesterday? Uh, yeah. Part of the Patriots or somebody? I Red, Red Sox. Red Sox. There Red you go. Sox, I knew yeah. it was Boston. He, bought, he invested in the Fenway Sports Group as a partner. Um, and so that means he's now a part owner of the Red Sox. So he was a Yankees fan, apparently, originally. Uh, became an Indians fan, obviously. And now he's own, owning the, the Sox. So, well, he did yeah. wear a Yankees hat at an, uh, a, a game in Cleveland, right? Against the Indians. I believe so, yes. But here's the thing about this, because I thought about this. Not, not that I really care, but um, I don't think he has the availability to buy a piece of the Yankees, right? So if he really no, is no. a Yankee fan, I, I don't think there's any of them for any part of that franchise for no, there's, sale. There's no part. Of yeah, there's so no like, part owners at the Yankees. Yeah. Just, so, I mean, right. I guess he I wanted to own part it. of a baseball team and he figured, well, I guess Boston is as good as any other, but it's a good investment. He, he doesn't want to, doesn't want a piece of the Indians apparently, mm-hmm. <laughs> which, which is know. kind of interesting in that the Indians have probably been the best Cleveland team over. Yeah. The last, uh, yeah. 
I, that's not saying you know, a lot. But, it's not saying a lot, but it's saying something. So yeah, I mean, the, let's face it, the Cavs did win a championship. We all know about that, and the yeah. the Indians have gotten close, but uh, close a few times in the last thirty years. But you know, yeah, maybe there wasn't available either. I don't know. I think it's just. I think it's just. You know, it's he. He probably has discussions with his accountants, like, hey, it might be a good idea this year with interest rates so low to uh, to buy a yeah. piece piece of the Red Sox as a write-off or something. I don't know. Who the well, hell? Somebody else said he owns part of a, a soccer team. I'm sure he does. Yeah. But it was one of the, one of the names that, you know, the average person who's even not a soccer fan might recognize maybe. I, I will tell you this. City or something like that. It's been, right. it's been a slow sports news week. It's definitely been a slow Because week. we're talking about LeBron James. Well, James well let me, Williams. let me, if I may bring up something. And I, I think I texted before, about this. Before you do, I just want to throw this up there. We got a couple of uh, comments just for oh, okay. Harry. Uh, hey, hey, Harry. Happy birthday from the Samurai from the Beer, uh, beer Podcast. Thank you. Uh, and he also said uh, happy St. Patty's Day to all of us and all of our viewers. Both of oh, them. Very nice. There you go. Very There's nice. two? Yeah, apparently, he just wanted to make sure it was just two that he was saying happy St. Patrick's Day to. Well, it's him, him and his dog are him and his dog, viewers, right? right? All right. Wow, wow, happy, wow. happy St. Patrick's Day to all of you and all of us is what he was there basically saying. That's pretty much what he was saying. Yeah. <laughs> well, happy St. Patrick's Day, Sam. There you go. All right. So you were saying, I'm sorry. I so cut I, you off. No, no, it's okay. I, I think I texted uh, last week about this because I believe it happened on Thursday. Okay. I'm going to look at my calendar. Yeah, Thursday, because Thursday was the 11th of March, which in 2020, according to some guys on ESPN Radio and the New York show, the Michael K. show, was the day the world changed. Oh, uh, yes. And uh, I found it really offensive. And, and Don LaGreca was saying that it was a kind of a where were you kind of a day because it was uh, – he compared it to, you know, it was like – he was saying for – for us, you know, us sports guys, it right. was our where were you when Kennedy was shot and where were you, uh, you know, on 9-11 kind of a day. And I just uh, found Hello? that to be. Yeah, we're here. We're here. Can you hear us? Can you hear us? We got you. There you go. I can't hear a thing. Uh, you can. flashed in and out for a second. He you can't flashed hear in and out. You and saw that, right? Back. He can't hear what we're saying. For a though. second, yeah. He can't hear a thing. Uh -huh. Here, I'll message you. Keep talking. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. I just found it kind of offensive. Now, look, in all fairness, the 11th was the day when I believe the uh, the WHO declared the coronavirus officially a pandemic. And it was also the day that the NBA said, we're going to not play any game. So, uh, I do remember at that time thinking – Oh wow, this is this is kind of a big deal. There's a sports league that's actually shutting down. Yeah. But in retrospect, it wasn't I mean, how long was it the league out? Just a few months. Yeah, I mean they were out they were out for a few months. Everything got shut down. I mean I everything mean, was shut down. Yeah, so football, I, I don't football know. wasn't happening anyway, and nothing really ever really affected football other than other than uh training camp starting late and and uh, yeah. uh, nobody in the stands. Obviously, that's that affected everybody. But, um, but yeah, I, I mean, they all it, got back up and running, and they got they did their bubbles and the whole nine. Yeah, and, it just I don't know. I just kind of I, to, I to compare it to the you know the 
the president of the country getting assassinated. Yeah. And, yeah, not, you know, the World Trade Center's coming down and, and everything that, that went along with uh, uh, with uh, 9-11. I, I just kind of felt it was a little bit over the top. Um, yeah. And, I, and, and ultimately, and this might sound odd um, because we're doing a sports podcast, but it was fucking sports. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, okay. I, as much as it would suck... The world could survive if sports just stopped. Uh, yeah, if sucked. there were no NBA, it, it absolutely it, did suck. It would. But, but yeah. you know, and, and, and there were and, a lot of things to feel bad about too. Like the last year's tournament didn't happen, so any college seniors they didn't get to play in the uh, NCAA tournament. And yeah, and, no, there, and there things was, were, there was so a lot there were of things that were sucky yeah. about it. But there was yeah, a lot of I agree with stuff, you. But not nine eleven. Not nine eleven. Kennedy getting or killed. Kennedy getting shot at. No, 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 no. So you know. Unfortunately, so Don, uh, Don LaGreca said that. Yeah, it just kind of like it was a "Where were you?" moment for us, where were you moment, kind of yeah, sports yeah. guys. And I went, yeah. ah, "Come on, man, that's a little." But they, you know, they're they're prone to hyperbole, and that, yeah. I don't know that. I, there's sometimes that show is brilliant. I listen to it a couple times a week. There's sometimes that show is brilliant, and there are other times when they are seem to be all about hype. Right. And we're just we're going to say stuff because we want clicks. Right. And that, and and we're the total total opposite of that because we do nothing about hype. Now, no, not, not, no. Not, not not nothing whatsoever. No, well, they're yeah. the kind of you know they're the kind of uh, <laughs> oh this is uh, you know th- this is just a, this is a team you'll be happy if they're you know kind of around five hundred whatever sport they're talking about and then they win three games in a row and they go hey they could get right into the playoffs you know everything is it's one extreme or the other so but they are very entertaining. They are yes, very, they very are. funny sometimes. So I, I don't know. I just kind of, I just wanted to vent about that. I've been waiting a whole week to get it off my uh, my chest. Get a whole week to get it off your chest. Well, you know what? I I totally, I agreed with you when you did shout it out last week, when you sent it last week. Um, and I'm agreeing with you. Now oh, I should have tweeted. You could have tweeted it. I got to start using my Twitter more. You should use your tw- Twitter more, yes. Yeah, I think I've, I've posted like five tweets and... I don't know, whatever, three, four months that I've, since I've re-signed on. Since you've re-signed on. When I first signed on was like eight years ago, and I posted one thing, and then I never used it again. That's funny. And then uh, when I went to, uh, for some reason, I had to sign on to connect with some people. Oh, part of the, uh, part of the computer coding thing. And uh, so I went to go back on, and they're like, oh, yeah, we got your account right here. Uh yeah, but I, I guess I should be using it more. I don't. I just don't have any use for it. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I uh, I have to admit I uh, do tweet um, myself uh, for uh, uh, and for the podcast, obviously. Yeah. Um, but uh, it does. It is worth it, and you can definitely uh, get some. Uh, uh, you know, get some people. Oh. Uh, Harry's rebooting with it. Harry is rebooting. I was just gonna. Yeah, I, I just, just got a text. I just he got said text keep going too. I'm like. To reboot, we should. You know what? When he comes back on, let's just do this. We're waiting. No, we wait. We've been sitting here silent the entire time, or go like, or just go like, we'll give him one of these, (laughs) or we can just like, we're frozen at that point, or we can just keep talking, (laughs) and then he'll come on and he'll. No, let's not do that to him. Let's not do any of that because he'll see, ah, shit, it's not working, and he'll reboot again. (laughs) He'll reboot again. (laughs) 
so um, yeah, so I wanted to I wanted to talk his, about that. I just wanted to bring that up. To... His exact tweet was uh, well, I'm not going to say his exact tweet because uh, we might have people that <laughs> I don't know what he has against Microsoft. I'm uh, I have to say I often tell people, I don't know what's why he's using Microsoft. I don't. I often tell people that I am an unlucky person and that anything bad that can you know the uh, what is it the uh, Murphy's law. Murphy's Law, yeah. Where I've uh, there's also a book called The Peter Principle, which is the sort Peter, of along the is, same lines. Well, you wrote it, right? Been, I wish, I wish. <laughs> but uh, I seem to have extremely good luck with Windows and Microsoft products in general. I never, knock wood, have any problems with that go. sort of thing. I run all my, you know, all my stuff, and uh, but everybody else I know, ah, oh, this piece of crap. I know. Well, the like, creative types like the uh, the Apple stuff supposedly it's better and that's fine that's, maybe it, it is. is my, my well, son uses an Apple but I use it I'm using Apple right now Actually, yeah there's, a, there's an Apple sitting this is what where I'm communicating to you via the Apple and uh, my laptop over here though however is a uh, is a PC it's a Microsoft uh, it's yeah I'm using like a five year old Dell laptop there not that it's not that I'm really taxing it it's got a microphone and a camera yeah. attached to it but it's all good. I'll tell you what, though. Here's my secret. What you see? As far as anything, internet correct, connected. We are going to rivet people with our delay of the sports podcast, waiting for Harry to get back to talk. Oh yeah, yeah. no, no. Well, we gotta. We could talk hockey because. No, 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 no. I, I want to know what you're. I'm riveted. I want to know what your secret is. (laughs) Here's the the thing, folks. If you've got the dual band router, right? Right. You got the five, and the five gig, and you got the two point four. Well, everybody in my house. Now we got one. I got one uh, desktop that's hardwired, and I use a uh, Nvidia Shield to stream television. That's hardwired. Now we got another desktop. We got a second Shield. Everybody's got their phones. Uh, probably two or three other laptops. Sure. All that's on the five. Mm-hmm. Me, I'm on the two point four. You on a two point four? My phone, this computer I'm using, mm-hmm. and my tablet, because mm-hmm. nothing else is on it. That makes sense. I get all. Everybody of the goes to the five G, and you got all the. Bandwidth Everybody you goes want to the five G. I get all of the bandwidth reserved for the two point four, and it's really, it's not that much slower. No, you know, no, it's it's uh, depending on what you're doing, you can't even notice any, any, any. No, uh, I mean, there's nothing. Uh, you know, I'm. I mean, look, I'm not. I'm not uploading a lot of uh, video or stuff, so right. that's really not an issue. But uh, yeah, when everybody else is using all the five G and sharing all that, right. switch to the two point four. You have a have that band all to yourself. I I have to I have to admit um, everything uh, everything here uh, TVs computers laptops iPads iPhones blah 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 uh, is all on the five G. Nothing is on the two point four. There's literally nothing on it. I'm sorry. I take that back. The printer over there is on the 2.4. That's the <laughs> only go. thing that's on the 2.4. Yeah, you know what? Probably yeah. that's – yeah, we had the printer is in my son's room next door. That's probably also on the on the 2.4. 2.4, yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's, that, that's a smart idea. That's a smart idea. I'll have to remember that uh, if there's ever uh, – lagging on the 5g i mean yeah we, we don't i don't think anyone has much of a problem because a couple of years ago the uh i don't know probably five years ago i think we had mm-hmm. like 50 meg service 
Right. And then one day the cable company was like, hey, how'd you like a hundred bank service for five extra bucks a month? And I thought, that sounds like a pretty good deal. Double my speed. And then like two years later, they did the same thing. And they're like, hey, how'd you like 200 meg service for five extra bucks? So I was like, okay. Okay. So I think there's plenty of uh, bandwidth. Although here's the funny part about that. Not funny now. Um, when they, uh, the, the uh, Cablevision, of course, was, uh, you're probably familiar with Cablevision, right? Mm-hmm. Um, sure. Cablevision in Jersey. So they were bought by Altis. Altis, so, yeah. Altis, excuse me. Altis, yeah. Remember. Altis. Altis. So, excuse me, Anyway, they started charging. Hey, they started charging me ten bucks a month for a modem. Can you hear us? So I said, "Screw that!" He can't hear us anyway. I can hear you. We can hear me. Yes. Are you guys done? Good stuff. Yeah, we talked. We did the next talk. We we're we're, yeah. done. we're all the way through to hockey. We're almost finished now. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. We actually done. did. We, we actually did the technology talk since you're uh, since uh, you were having technical. I, I revealed so. my Wi-Fi secrets and a yeah, few other Wi-Fi things. secrets and a couple of other things. So yeah. So I thought been... you would have gotten through Pete's uh, New York City radio toast, uh, <laughs> whatever. Well, well, we did. We did finish that up. Okay. Yeah, good. Yeah. That's all. Because I don't understand what that was all about, but I'll find out off the air. All right. So. Uh, well, you can listen to the event. podcast. I'll listen to the podcast. <laughs> listen to the podcast. Where can I find it? Uh, you can find it. Oh, uh, I think there's uh, a. What's it called? It's called uh, the. Uh, On the inner tubes. The beer. Uh, the beer web tubes. Closet. That's what it is. That's right. There you go. Um, all right. Well, speaking about the Knicks, uh, why don't we jump back into basketball here? Um, yeah, you know what? I mean, they lost the last two games. Uh, they lost on Monday to uh, to the Nets, and they lost uh, last night to the Sixers. But they were in both games, uh, and you know, uh, Peyton's out, Rose has been out, so uh, you know, it, it came down to the you know, like last night for instance, they were um, they were outscored uh, by twelve in the fourth. They were leading into the fourth. Um, yeah, they were by nine. most of the game. They lost by three, ninety nine, ninety six. Um, I just think they ran out of gas. You know. Uh, with you know Peyton and Rose and everybody being out, um, not you know, uh, and uh, maybe, what's his name? Two minutes and Marshall, um, right? And, uh, yeah, Leonard Marshall. Leonard, Leonard Marshall was out. Yeah, Leonard uh, Marshall was out. Uh, Mitchell uh, Robinson, yeah, yeah, um, that's it. Mitchell, not Marshall Robinson. Mitchell Robinson. Uh, yeah, Robinson with Robinson and uh, Rose being out. Yeah, and um, and that. So I, I just think but, they ran but out even of with those because they were they were with... not hitting they were. They were hitting shots all night, both games, and then at the end of the game, they weren't hitting anything. <laughs> it just wasn't going in. Uh, so thoughts? Yeah, yeah. When you get tired, you don't get good lift in your legs, and you, it affects your jump shot. I mean, they don't have that. They don't have that elite player who's going to put the game on his back and hit shots in the fourth quarter. There's a lot of teams that have that problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's few. There's a few players out there that they could go get, but I don't think it's going to happen this year. Uh, and I, I, I think, I think that you know, they 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 probably shouldn't beat the Sixers even without Embiid. Uh, they gave the Nets a good game, and did, I mean, did we really? Those, those are all those are all good signs. The Knicks are a team who, at least this year so far, have beaten the teams that they should beat. And are, have consistently lost to the teams that that they should that they're go in as underdogs, and, and that's if why you look their, at their, their uh, record is the way it is. If you look at the second half schedule they have, 
it's about 50-50 teams with records over 500 yeah. teams that are under 500. So they should kind of be right around there. And I mean, really, they, you, they're, they're going to be right around 500. And I'm not sure that that's going to get them the eighth seed. It might in the East. But that's where I see them landing. Uh, look, uh, there's a lot of good things to, to say about the Knicks. But there's a uh, play-in situation with the is. NBA this year, right? They, I think if you're in the top there 10, is. there's so they could definitely get in the play-in. Right. But I mean, but I mean they, really, they, were, they, were, they, were, they were in the, what, the four, fifth seed or the fourth seed at the All-Star. They were at one point, they were at the fourth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. now they're, but, you know, now they're... But coming out of the break, did you really expect anything... You know, realistically, at two and two at best within yeah. the first four games, right? They're, the, they're in the eighth. Maybe, right maybe, when, maybe when Embiid went down, you went, "Oh well, they they might get that Philly." But kind of one and three was sort of what I think was realistic right. coming. You know, going against the Bucks and the Nets and and the Sixers. Uh, I agree. Before, you know, let me. Uh, so let me. You know, they're right. They're right there. They are right there. Let me ask you this: um, Did you see the Nets game on? Uh, did you watch the Nets game on uh, Monday night? Uh, I did not. Three. I did not watch all of it. No, did you see the end of it. it. I yeah. saw the end. It, it was not a walk. It was not. A, he did not travel. <laughs> it was nothing. I mean, we're going to start calling traveling now in the NBA. That was that was horseshit. That was completely. I mean, that was well, if they're going to call traveling now. I would have been calling carries. And then, and then, and then every Randall Euro was, step is illegal. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the Knicks yeah. are in the eighth seed, and they're a half game out of the ninth seed. Right. So, I mean, this is what I thought would happen. I mean, Atlanta's. Gotten has has what one six in a row now? Yeah, um, yeah. you know, the, the, and I think Toronto and the Pacers will probably be there, and I think the Knicks and Bulls are going to have a tough time getting in, and you know, the Wizards have kind of come back down to earth a little bit. It, it it's it's tough. I mean, look, the Sixers, Doc Rivers has to be considered as coach of the year. The, the Sixers are up right now, what by? 15, 14 points against the Bucks uh, at halftime. They've held they held Milwaukee to thirty one points in, in, at halftime. So, you know, we talk about Thibodeau and the Knicks' defensive mindedness. Doc Rivers has done a hell of a job with the 76ers team, yeah. and if they if they can tread water and win games like this against Milwaukee, um, while Embiid is out, I think I think that that Seventy Sixers Nets playoff series could be interesting it definitely could be interesting i agree i do definitely agree definitely. Uh, yeah it was, i i turned the i turned the i turned the game off after three quarters because i was getting late and i'm old and i had to get up early for work and the nets were still up and had been kind of bouncing around and were up by 18 at one point and i went to, i remember going to bed and i was thinking well i wonder if the nets are going to be the nets from kind of early in the season where they weren't finishing, they were giving up big leads, and I didn't think they'd lose the game. I thought they'd probably win by double digits going into it. I said, but I wonder if they're going to kind of, you know, maybe win by five or six and be that team that gives up, you know, but manages through their talent to still survive, or if they're going to, you know, close it out and, you know, maybe win it by, you know, 15. And obviously it was the former. But I think... yeah, they, they looked really, to me, the Nets looked kind of discombobulated on offense. And I think that was largely due to the Knicks' defense. I I, I, I just kind of felt like they were, they were scoring points because they're so talented. But I really wasn't sure what the offensive plan was. 
Well, I mean, the difference between the two games from the Knicks perspective, for me watching a bit of both of them, is that I never got the, I never had a feeling the Knicks were going to win the Nets game. I kind of had a feeling that they were going to win the, you know, last night. Um, I got, I had a different opinion on the Nets and, uh, who did the Nets play the game before the Knicks? Was it the Sixers? I care. Who, who did they beat? Uh, uh, anyway, I remember I watched most of that game. Um, because I guess it was, it was on or whatever. It was at the Celtics. I can't remember. Um, I was impressed with the, de- with the defense that the Nets, Detroit uh, was it Detroit. Oh, uh, may- maybe it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't next. I don't know. Um, I was impressed with the defense that James Harden was playing in that game. And I'll tell you, Harden, he has yeah, you know to what? be at the he has to be at the top of the list for the MVP this year. You're right. He was playing great team in that game. I did see some. Yeah. yeah, their defense has gotten better. There's right. no question about that. And they and they still there. It, it was the, they don't it was the Celtics it. game. It was the game before. There are, there was, are times was, when they don't play it, but they do have this ability to kind of, at least in short spurts, kind of lock it down. Yeah. So you know, but, and Harden, but, yes, Harden always seems been to have really, the game in control. Yeah, he's he always been really, seems he's been to, he always seems to just be the guy. Right. Well, yeah, what do you have? The 21, 15, and 15 against the Knicks. I mean, that's monster. Yeah. It was, uh, it was I'll tell you, the I one play, I know you guys don't watch a lot of it, but I, so I couldn't, sleep last, couldn't sleep last night, and the, the, the Portland game was on. And I don't think I've seen a comeback led by predominantly one player. Like that. I mean, they were playing the Pelicans. I understand. The Pelicans were up 17 with six minutes to go. And Damian Lillard decided, all right, we can't lose this one. And it it was one of the best endings. to it. I think it's probably the best ending to an NBA game I've seen this year. And it was on late. Nobody on the East Coast probably watches it. Half the people on the East Coast don't even know who Damian Lillard is. <laughs> but he is another guy who has to be. The fact that he did not start the All-Star game was ridiculous. And I, yeah, I know, it, I, under, I understand the fans vote and all that. But if he is not a first team all NBA this year, I don't know who is because I, I, he's definitely a top five player in the NBA right now. Right. Yeah. If he's not your number one for MVP, then he should be your number two. And look out for Portland. McCollum's finally back. And look, I, I know there's a lot of Carmelo haters, but Carmelo Anthony just passed Hakeem Olajuwon for 11th place on the all time scoring list. And he was a big part of this game last night. So I, I like I like Portland. I think the West is wide open. I think the West is. And, and you know, once they get Nurkic back, I think Portland this year is a team that can that can challenge a Clippers or a Lakers in the first round, especially if they're not uh, fully healthy. Meaning the Lakers or the Clippers? Yeah, well, yeah, well, certainly the Lake. Well, and and don't forget the Lakers. You know, but I mean the Clippers—they got playoff P. Yeah. So you know, which is a, a not has been so far a non-performance when it when it comes to the clutch. You know, so we right. talk about how good the Clippers are, but you you know look at the playoff numbers and you go, well, they're not always that great. So right, right. Although you know it was Doc's fault that they were up three one and lost. So. <laughs> right. And the, and and you know what is the health of the Lakers going to be? 
I mean, we don't know when is you know when is Davis going to come back and be healthy. Can he stay healthy? I, and I, if he doesn't, what is that toll? What is the toll that's going to take on LeBron? I, I think the East and the West are, are dictated by three guys who are injury prone. It's Embiid, Durant, and Davis. That mm-hmm. that the health of those guys is going to dictate who wins the NBA championship this year. Although of, the, gotta, of those three, I, I, whoever's the healthiest is going to win. Yeah, I got to. I got to say, I'm uh, for the longest amount of time. Even I was impressed with Kyrie Irving the other night. Kyrie Irving's he having a hell of a year. I mean, I, I don't. Really, I don't. I don't know if he falls into a comeback player of the year, but as good as he is, I would argue he's the most improved player in the NBA this year. And Kyrie yeah, against, against the Knicks the other night, he had 34 points. I mean, him and, yeah. Jeremy, and Jeremy Grant are probably he's knocking two. down like almost every outside shot. Well, and he was just making moves that you just look at and you go, what, what was that? Right. You know, yeah, you don't think he wants a shot at LeBron in the finals? Come on. I think he, he does. absolutely does. Of course. He but does. It, it's, it's, you know, can he keep his powder dry until the, until then? Who knows? Right. You know, it's just. Uh... Well, here's the thing, though. Nets have won. I don't know what is it, thirteen out of fifteen or fourteen out of sixteen or something. Right. And I think uh, like all but one of those games has been without Kevin Durant. Yeah. Yeah. And and look, it's gonna. I think Durant is the one guy who I don't worry about coming back in because he's such a unselfish player in a lot of ways that he could touch the ball eight times and have twenty-seven points, go to the free throw line ten times, and you know. I th- I think that they're going to be really really dangerous on the offensive end when he gets back. It will change their it will change their rotation a little bit, and it will change some of the touches that that some of the guys get, especially Harris. Right. Which I'm telling you, he's he's the unsung hero of this team right now. Yeah, although you could also make the argument I think that Kevin Durant is is their best defensive player. Um. Yeah, or or at least among. I mean, you know, among the best, who, who's really better? Yeah, uh, well, that's kind of like so yeah, kind of, you know. Uh, so that now will now will him coming back will that cause the other guys to say, okay, well now I can slack off on D a little bit. Hope not. Right. He's he's a good off ball defender. I'm not sure he's the best one on one defender. I, I I will tell you this. I think the net the, the this the Nets have the ability to play defense and their defense is getting better. I don't know what, I mean, their, their opponents points per game. That was one fifteen. It was up there. I think it was higher than that. It was over one twenty. over one twenty when Harden got there. I mean, Harden is playing good defense and he's able to collapse on the ball because with, with the way in which the team is constructed right now, I think against a bigger team against an Embiid against a tall Sixers team, the Sixers are big from top to bottom. They're just big. Um, I I think that that is their only challenge. I think they can handle. They'll, they'll let Giannis score thirty and still beat the Bucks, but that that's the only team I see giving the Nets a run for their money is 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 Philadelphia. Right. Yeah, yeah, and that's all obviously only with a healthy Joel Embiid. Well, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as good as they are, even without him. But they're, they're, yeah, they're, they're deeper than they have been, and they have a pretty good chemistry going on right now. But yeah, it definitely re- they have no chance without Embiid. The Nets still have a chance without Durant. without Durant. Yeah, 
Um, I agree with that. I agree with that. Uh, what do you think about? Uh, I just I have to throw this out here. It's only throw worthy it of a couple of minutes. Throw it away. I heard the other day. No New York Nick has had two triple doubles in a season in the same season since Mark Jackson in 88-89 until Julius Randle did it the other night. That triple, seems triple doubles un- are up. They're up this year. They're up in the last couple of years, that's for sure. But that does sort of make sense in a lot of ways. Um, I would, you know, for me, I would guess it would have been somebody like, uh, you know, uh, um, an Anthony Mason or somebody like that that would have had a, that would have been able to pull off a triple double. You know, 10 points, 12 rebounds, 10 assists, something along those lines. Right, right. But – um, Low scoring triple double. Yeah, they, you know they. Randall's moving the ball. He's he's rebounding and he's scoring, and it, it it doesn't surprise me. The Knicks have never had that kind of triple double guy. The last guy they had that was like that was probably Mark. You know, Mark Jackson, Mark Jackson or yeah. Char, you know, occasionally probably Charles Oakley. But the, it, you know, you didn't see a lot of triple doubles a in the '90s when the Knicks were on their peak, and and, and the teams in the 2000s. That made a run with Mello and Stoudemire and those. There was nobody on that team that was, uh, you know, even remotely triple double material. Somewhere along the way, in all that time, somebody would get two over an eighty-two game season. But nope. Yep. It's just an amazing stat. It is. It is. I mean, it's it's mind-boggling. As good as players like Patrick Ewing and Reggie Miller and, and all of these guys were, Charles Barkley, they didn't have a lot of triple doubles. I mean, that's why yeah. when, when when you saw what Russell Westbrook ringing them up like he did a few years back, it started to bring it back into the conversation. You know, points are up, passing is up. Um, there's a lot more long rebounds in the game right now because of the prevalence of the three-point shot. So rebounds by guards and, and forwards are way up. You don't have as many centers in the game. So you look at it and you're like, okay, I get it. But there's a lot of times where there's not even a challenge for a rebound. It's just whoever seems to swoop in and get the ball under the basket gets a rebound. It's – it's uh, it's not always that way, but there's there's not a lot of you don't see many Buck Williams out there anymore, you know, battling it out against the you know the Davis boys from the Pacers yeah. to get well, a rebound. Well, and, right, you and, and you're not it. allowed to really bang bodies anymore. So if you, if you're not the guy there who's going to actually have it, or you know yeah. maybe maybe have a shot against somebody else, you're not really going to you know you're not you know, stick your yeah, face in exactly. There. And if you're a, if you're an athletic guard like Russell Westbrook is, who's tall and and, and athletic, and let's face it, usually uh, around the free throw line or farther out. If if that long rebound does come there, then you're going to gather him up. Not to take anything away from what he does uh, or any of these other guys, but it's it's certainly a stat that is much more prevalent in the last two years, yeah. even than it has been um, previously for a while. Yeah. I also um, wanted one, to mention real quickly. Sorry, one of, just just real quick. Uh, congratulations to Karis Levert, the former Net, who is now in Cleveland, and I believe is going to be back on the court any day now if he's not already back. Good. And uh, he went to Cleveland, and because as part of the uh, Harding deal, and because of that, he got a full physical, and they discovered a tumor in his back which could have been really deadly and could have spread throughout his body. But, you know, even he says it pretty much, you know, potentially saved his life, sure. that trade. 
and uh, but I, he had surgery, and I think he's back on the quarter, very close to it. So it's crazy, and, right? Uh, yeah, insane, right? That yeah. you would, you you know, a trade saved your life potentially. But a uh, good guy and a very good player. So uh, even though you know, wish wish him luck and happy to see that he's back. He's, he's on back. Cleveland, and we'll see where he winds up by the end of the year because he's one of those guys who could certainly help a team. And yeah, he the, is a commodity that somebody is uh, most likely going to want as yeah. a piece, yeah. if not the maybe the final piece to help him get over the hump. Yeah, right. absolutely. Good to yeah. see him back though. Absolutely, absolutely. And and on that note, too, um, as far as uh, players coming back uh, from uh, being out, uh, Mitchell Robinson was cleared uh, for practice. So uh, he could be playing. He could be back and playing soon. So what that means, who knows? We'll see. The Knicks will be uh, better. I mean, it, it just makes their defense even better. And, and it, you know, a game like in a game where they have to play the Sixers, I think he's a difference maker because he can at least make Embiid work for it right. a little right. bit more. And against a team like the Nets or the Heat, even he's a guy who keeps keeps a uh, a Jimmy Butler keeps a, a you know makes a little bit more of an honest game out of out of paint scoring. And he, he's he is one of the better defensive big men in the league. He's pretty athletic, yeah. and and I, I, there's no way that the Knicks are not a better team with him on the court. So absolutely. So he comes yeah. back and they get Rose gets out of what he's doing. Who, who knows? Maybe they. They win a couple of the games that we're thinking they're not, and hey, yeah, anything can happen. Look, it, it, the fact that they that they're projected to be a five hundred or a slightly below five hundred team, which is what I, I kind of said a few weeks back when we were discussing this, right. is an incredible improvement, and maybe it puts the Knicks on the map. The reason the reason why I would like to see the Knicks make the playoffs is just because it puts them in the conversation, it gets them into the mix of media coverage and it gets them into the mix of saying, Hey, the Knicks are in the playoffs, you know? And so for that one, a or two B level player, who's going to be a free agent next year, I know it sounds weird, but at least it makes the Knicks, it legitimizes them a little bit more as a destination for free agents. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's going to also bring attention to what is really appears to be a change in culture and attitude yeah. And really what uh, apparently now, and I've heard this on the radio too, uh, the nickname is Tibbs, but it's pronounced Thibodeau. Thibodeau. That is what I've heard is the official. I always, I always what thought he that, has that name, done, not just him, but I always thought that that name was Thibodeau, not Thibodeau. But... Because his nickname is Tibbs, but apparently it's Thibodeau, but it's Tibbs, not gotcha. Thibbs. But what he has brought Sorry, to the team, what he, has, yeah, what he has brought to the team, and uh, it's going to, you know, getting into the playoffs and maybe getting to be, I mean, everyone knows the Knicks, but uh, I guess you could be living under a rock and not really realize, uh, or if you're sort of a casual NBA fan out in the West, you might not be aware of what they're doing. And so for them right. to be in the playoffs, you might get a little bit more exposure. And Yeah. I mean, I think if you're a casual NBA fan watching the Lakers and the Clippers, you can't name a New York Nick. Probably right. not. And you know, I mean, that goes for a lot of teams. Let me let me throw one more at you. Throw one more. Go for it. Why the hell? Well, I I wanted I wanted to bring up uh, one Myers Leonard, who is a center for the Miami Heat, who is injured right now, uh, and might be getting suspended. He's the guy that was gaming. He has a Twitch account, and he was playing some game, and he said some very nasty things involving some uh, racial slurs. Is that right? Some ethnic slurs. 
Yeah. And I, I don't know. I feel like it's kind of almost a series now. He said, well, I'll, I'll just say it. Uh, um, he was playing, I don't know, whatever, some Call of Duty. And uh, somebody was uh, sniping him, I guess, shooting at him from far away. And he said, don't fucking snipe me, you fucking kike bitch. Uh, and of course, this was on this was a live feed on Twitch. Uh, him and his boys were playing, and so the word got around, and then he got in trouble. And first, he said he didn't know what the word meant. He's full of shit, which I thought was a ridiculously lame. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, figure you figure he knew what fucking impeachment, um, and that he was going to educate himself, and he apologized to any Jewish people that he upset. So, I guess my question is. Where does this rank on the? He's going to come back, of course, but you know where would this rank on the? He shouldn't be allowed back. Not only where, because of what he where, said. Where does this rank? All, where does this rank on just? Oh God, you forget. Well, right, the, really, really just they're just babies. Like, could you ever imagine Willis Reed playing Call of Duty? No, it's just <laughs> Jesus. Spoken like a yeah. Spoken like a. Uh, Trio of old guys. Call of Duty. Uh, yeah. Call of Duty. Yeah. I get it. I mean, I understand it. I well, know, you know what? I know it's it not is. like it's not like the three of us haven't played video games. Okay. Right. Uh, granted, the video games were a lot no, different when we were true. kids. But that's true. But listen, I gave up after Mortal Kombat because it was too many combinations for me. Once you have to press like six buttons in a certain order, I'm not interested. I I prefer Punch, video kick, games move. with one joystick with the button on the top and the button on the side, and I'm good there. That's <laughs> Look, it. if he wants to talk like that, then he needs to run for president. Okay. <laughs> but I but again, my question is, you know, uh, again, he's not he's not going to yeah. get kicked out forever or anything. But you know, kind of where does this rank on the scale of maybe he should not be given a second chance? Especially, especially, is it worse because he came out with a lame explanation? Oh, I don't know what the word means. Who uses yeah. words they don't mean when you're? Who uses a word that they don't know what the meaning? When of the you're word cursing is. someone out, you you know, come on. It's it's horrible, and it's also the fact that it's still in today's day and age. It's something that comes out of people's mouths. And um, look, he's a young guy. I, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. He needs to show some remorse and understanding for it. The yeah, league, whatever the league decides to do, I mean, there's no legal. If he was, if he was talking, if he was talking to a Doberman and said that, then I could understand that he didn't know what the name, meaning of the word was. But he, he, he you said, know what I mean. Yeah. If he's talking to am, a Doberman, am, then he'd have to be drug tested. Yeah. Here's his quote: <laughs> "I am deeply sorry for using an anti-Semitic slur during a live stream yesterday. While I didn't know what the word meant at the time, my ignorance about its history and how offensive it is to the Jewish community is absolutely not an excuse, and I was just wrong." And he apologized to those in the Jewish community who I have hurt. Right. Now, this was also outside the Jewish community that he hurt. Now, here's another thing. Let me throw this in here, too. Last year, after George Floyd and the protests that were going on, he was one of a couple of guys who did not kneel during the national anthem. He decided to stand. He said that his brother, I think, uh, was a Marine, and so that he was standing to honor his brother. And it seems like, according to the story, the uh, players uh, with him, teammates, including uh, black teammates, uh, would kind of put an arm around his leg during the anthem to show solidarity. But there is that um, instance as well, or that, that, that going on. Now, again, I guess 
if his brother was a marine, which we'll assume is true, uh, you could you could kind of justify that. But well, no, you could I, also I, I, look at it as yeah. this is a guy who doesn't want to kneel for black people being you know killed by police, and, yeah, now, and he's, the conflation, now he's calling people cops. Like the whole the whole the whole kneeling thing. The two different things here. The 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 kneeling thing being conflated to disrespect the troops or police or whoever. Yeah, I know that's is, is, is just a bunch of bullshit to take to to allow people to put this into some other form of argument. It's to change the discussion away from what the original intent was. Right. So right. yeah, we know where he stands. We probably literally, we know kind of maybe where his leanings are. I mean, so do you take that into account and say, you know what? You're kind of a shit heel. Well, who was the receiver on the Eagles who made an ethnic slur? And, and you know, I mean, they sort of handled it in, internally. But he kind of paid for it in some ways. Yeah. Well, I'm, just, um, I'm asking the question. I don't know if anybody should ever be I think it, banned I, permanently because they're, you know, apparently a racist. But I, I just, I don't know. I kind of want to get opinions about it. I, I do. I agree where where I was going there. I do agree that they they should handle it internally and whatever internally they decide is correct, um, then that and the correct punishment procedure, whatever so you call it. Now, by internally, um, you mean the league or the, the team? The team. The okay. team. So I mean, the league, league wants to get involved. The league wants to get involved. I mean, they, you know, they kind of almost do. Don't they? you're you're right. He's a shit heel. All right, and and he's full of shit that he didn't know what that word meant. Yeah, I just completely. But there's so many different layers to how we respond to this. So right. we've com- his he's completely gross glossed over the, and I don't know if he was playing a female or not, or a bitch was just some sort of, you know, I I yeah, I, know. I think it might have just been the way anybody uses the word bitch right. to mean you know a, a but, weak. But, but we've completely glossed over that. Right. So we've completely glossed over that. So. You know, we haven't that that's okay, I guess, because there was no apology for that. Um, the anti-Semitism, you know, uh, let me ask you this question. If the racial slur was different and pointed towards a different group, if it was pointed towards African Americans, which is which is let's face it, is per 98% of the NBA, would would the reaction be different? Of course it would. So you know, and I mean, I know Julian Edelman and a few other people came out and, and offered to, you know, educate him or whatever the case might be. It's ignorance and it needs to be called out. I don't know. What, what is he, a 24-year-old guy? I mean, uh, maybe. <laughs> I, I, th- I think what, there's that. nothing there's nothing legally that he didn't do. The, he, this isn't a, 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 an offense no, where he's going to be no. jailed. So yeah. if, if it's in the NBA's guidelines and, and in the contract, the player's contract to be dealt with by the NBA, then it should be dealt with that way. If sure. it's not, then it should be dealt with by the team. And it shouldn't just be swept under the rug by, by people like Edelman. Yeah, everybody makes mistakes. Everybody says something stupid. Right. But that's kind of a really specific thing to be shouting out while you're playing a video. Yeah, see, I... I wouldn't characterize this as a mistake other than the context of he shouldn't have said anything. He didn't say this by mistake. It was directed right. and it was said purposefully. It I'm was, giving him the benefit of the doubt that he yeah, didn't no, know. I, I understand. And that, that it was maybe he loosely knew what it meant. Maybe he thought it was a slur for 
Germans. I don't know. But my point being is that my point being is that we would never know about this if it wasn't for that we're fucking micromanaging everybody's life by what they say, see, and hear. Well, we wouldn't know dream. about it if he wasn't broadcasting it on Twitch, right? Live right. on the internet. Well, so. I think that's where he was going with that. Every single <laughs> thing is looked at. Right, right, right. It's also the problem of everybody wanting to broadcast everything. Right. Yeah. It's just like. Somebody needs to, to, to a the underlying problem is that yes, there, we have we have we have people who say we have people that say anti-Semitic things all the time. If this can lead to a better discussion on why that is offensive and why we shouldn't be saying anti-Semitic things, then great. Meanwhile, you know, uh, I just think the NBA needs to do a better job of educating these guys of saying, hey, look. We want you to have fun. We want you to do what you normally do. We want you to have the best life that you possibly can. We're not trying to, to sort of put you on a pedestal in a way that that that, that overanalyzes everything that you do. But come on, just play. Your, just do this in private, right. you know. And 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 at the same time, wake up, wake up a little bit to what's going on in the world and and learn from this and maybe and maybe this could be a learning experience maybe he can he can actually I, I don't think it needs to go away and i don't think he needs to be you know canceled or whatever the case might be but maybe he needs to actually continue to talk about this and and become somebody who who actually educates other people on the, on the situation i'm glad you said that because i want i was just going to tell this story a couple of years ago uh, i had to go to the uh, high school they were doing a presentation about a uh, drunk driving for i think it was for all the seniors or uh, and it was at night and they had uh one of the sheriffs was there and they had a guy who was from some institute and they talked about the statistics and you know what drinking you know peer pressure and all that you know all that kind of uh, typical stuff one of the most powerful things they did is they had a guy there. Billy Joel? Who, no, some. He, I was probably, I think he was 23. Ah, that is more powerful. Uh, and he had driven drunk and killed somebody, killed his best friend. And part of his sentence, his, the, the agreement that he made, he spent some time in jail, but part of his ongoing punishment, if you will, is, and he agreed to this. He wasn't sentenced to it. He, it was something he agreed to. It was offered to him. Is he came to these presentations and told his story, and it was one of the most powerful things that I think I've ever seen. And you could see the the effect it had on the crowd when he was up there talking about sure. going out and drinking and his, you know feeling invincible and all that, and how he killed his friend and this and that. I would like to maybe see something along, as you just said, to help educate people. Maybe this guy needs to become educated and then go out and talk about what he did and, and why it's wrong and help educate some other people. Maybe that should be part of that. I think that would probably be a better thing to do than just out and out cancel somebody. Yeah, I agree. And as long as it's genuine. Yeah, as long it's as it's genuine, genuine. Yeah, it and, and as long as it's as long as it's reaching people. Look, 
racism, anti-Semitism, whatever form of prejudice that you want to say it has long been ingrained into our culture in various ways, in different ways, culturally, based on where you grew up, who you are and, and, and what, um, you know, influences you had both good and bad. And it seems as if we have given a platform to much, much less dog whistling and much more overt racism and sexism, anti-Semitism, whatever ism you want to put on it in the last few years, the last four or five years. And for a lot of guys who are, or gals who are coming up at a certain age, you know, maybe this is a form of imitation and maybe this is just something that's accepted in certain circles. I think anything we can do to help squelch that and point it back in, in the opposite direction is, is a good thing. And, and let's face it, athletes, celebrities of any sort are best at doing this. And so, you know, they, they have I, platforms. Have platforms, mm -hmm. and he may have a platform, in, you know, into something, into into an audience that even goes even beyond the NBA. Uh, so, yeah, maybe it can be a good thing. But look, he's not. I'm sure he's not alone. No, you know, yeah, and, that's a good point. And, very good point. And no. unfortunately, you know, it came to light, and uh, I'm sure he'll learn from this. And and I think when you are put in a situation like that where you're embarrassed and where you're brought into the spotlight under, you know, a form of being prejudiced or being, uh, you know, called into question uh, about whether it's anti-Semitism or racism, I, I think you do step up, but I do, I do think you learn a little bit. Most people do. And now there, there are other extreme personalities are, who double down. But right. I don't think he's one of these guys, and I think he will learn from it, and maybe others will as well. And well, and uh, you know maybe his initial explanation, that kind of reaction, that you know deny and find something which is going to sound plausible to you in the moment. I didn't know what the word meant. That might be just a very natural reaction when you're confronted with somebody who goes, "Hey, man, we heard what you said, and you're a freaking racist." Right. And, and you, you know, know, he might not know what it means, and he may have heard it previously on some sort of, you know, gaming platform. I don't know. I, yeah, you know, I don't really that, buy let's, it. Let's but... not speculate about it. Yeah. You know, wherever no, you heard it, whether you heard it from, whether it was, uh, you know, from uh, friends or family or uh, uh, elsewhere on social media or TV or movies or, or who knows. This is the most you're going to hear about him. Yeah, probably. I just hope it's not a case where he plays the role, says what needs to be said, does and what it, needs to be done, and it gets done, under the rug. And doesn't really learn anything from it. Yeah, it it, it that needs because, to be that needs to be part of it. You but, know, yeah, th that can be too easy to do. Let's hope it does. So we'll keep an eye on it for you, folks. We will. We'll keep an eye on it. So why don't we uh, take this time to move on to our top ten list tonight, folks? Our top ten list tonight. Is a special one. You know why? Because we only have 10 people on our top 10 list tonight. Not 11, not 12, not 15, or even 18. 10. Uh, our top 10 list tonight. I love the reaction I got from both of you. Our, top, <laughs> ten, our top 10 list tonight. How did that happen? Is top 10 power forwards in NBA history. 
<clears throat> and we'll do this the same way. Uh, we'll 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 keep it going like we did last week at the movies. Uh, and that was a good idea. Going. I'll uh, I'll announce everything, and you guys can uh, can chat uh, about it. So we'll get started with number ten. Number ten comes to you from former New York Nick Dave DeBusher. And let me get his picture up for you right here. Um, Harry, anything to say about uh, Mr. DeBusher? Yeah, it should be higher on the list, but uh, you know he's uh, he's a big part of those New York Knicks championship teams, and maybe one of the early kind of power forwards who started to change the game a little bit. He he was a he was a great athlete. Uh, I mean, I think he played baseball professionally too, if I'm not mistaken. He was what six 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 seven. So at the time, maybe a little bit smaller than some of today's power forwards. But just a rebounding machine. And when he came to the Knicks from the Pistons, it was really the the final personnel change that gave that Knicks team exactly what they needed. It allowed Bradley to move to, to small forward. Uh, he, you know, much like Oakley later on with Ewing, he was that guy who in that front line with him and Willis Reed yeah. were formidable. And he was he was a good shooter. He was he was um, a great defender one of the best rebounders in the history of the game. And one, you know, again, on that team, they, they all had a basketball intelligence that was off the chart, two time NBA champion. And one of the, I mean, I think he was one of the top 50 players of all time. So, uh, and in New York, especially people like my, my dad's age, and, and uh, he was revered. I mean, 16.1 points per game, 11 rebounds and almost three assists. In in a you know which would probably translate to twenty four you know sixteen and 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 five in today's NBA sure and and he was maybe the fifth option on that team at times. By the way, he he played for the White Sox. He was a pitcher. There, there the you White go. Sox. Wow. Imagine seeing him on the mound. Jeez, right. <laughs> <laughs> Randy Johnson before Randy Johnson. It was Randy. It was, he was big unit before the big unit. Yeah. yeah, I mean Hall of Famer. He was, you know, in '96 he was was named one of the 50 greatest players in NBA history. I think a lot of people forget about DeBusher. He was there was a lot of personalities on that Knicks team, and obviously with Willis Reed and Earl Monroe and Walt Frazier and even Kazzy Russell and some of the, you know. Other players, he Bill Bradley. He he was not. He was never the the top. But he was he was always. I mean, I remember as a kid he, when he was obviously retired, but he was always on local TV and radio do, doing ads for something, the Muffler Shop or Midas Muffler or some. I mean, he was he was a presence in New York, and I think uh, you know he was he was kind of you know what be, people used to refer to as a lunch pail kind of guy, yeah. and. Um, I I, I I think he's grossly underrated. I uh, I would I would agree with you, but definitely had to be in the top ten. That's for sure. So. Yeah. Number ten, Dave DeBusher. Let's move on to number nine. Number nine is Mr. Bob McAdoo. Either great of you. name. Uh, great, Again. great name. Just as long as it's, just as long as it wasn't Ben. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he was again a guy who was really versatile in that was he a four, was he a five? He played center a little bit. Um, I think most people probably know him for his time as a sixth man or seventh man 
uh, on the Lakers teams when he when he won uh, finally won a championship. Sure. But he was a prolific scorer. Started, I believe, he started in the ABA. Uh, wasn't on the Knicks for long, but he was very memorable, and he he hopped around quite a bit. He was on the Knicks a few years. Yeah, four four years maybe. I, I know he played for the Nets for a year too. Um, two time NBA champion with the with the with the Lakers, uh, five time All Star, and he won the MVP in '75. I mean, he was a guy who could put the ball in the basket, and even you know, much like he, he, he kind of rem- Carmelo Anthony reminds me a little bit of Bob McAdoo. McAdoo is a much more power player, but he was also really versatile around the rim. And towards the end of his career, he could come in and, you know, 20 minutes of playing time could put up 20 points. And um, he still, even, even, you know, with the career that he had, he still averaged over 22 points a game and almost 10 rebounds. He he was, he he was, he was probably at, at many points in his career the the best uh one of the best power forwards in the game 73 through 76 with the buffalo braves i believe yeah. it was uh he averaged 30.6 uh 34.5 and 74 75 and then 31.1 75 76 uh and those were league leading uh, uh years I mean, he was a three-time NBA Brave. scoring champion. Brave. Yeah, and yeah, those were those were the yeah, three I mean, years. People, people always sort of laugh at me when I compare him and um, and Carmelo. They're they're sort of the same players. Where you know, towards the end of McAdoo's career, before he went to the Lakers, people were kind of, eh, you know, I don't know. He was on the Celtics, and he was on the Pistons, and he went to the Nets, and he he was always the guy who could put up a lot of points but could never win a championship. Right. Well, yeah. lo and behold, um, he was a big part of those teams, especially that first championship before Worthy really became um, part of that incredible Lakers team. He was he was he was really good, and he was a good defender. I think he's very he he could go, he could you know guard the set uh, a center for the whole game and, and allow Kareem to, to, to switch off. I mean, he was, he was one of those guys who was, uh, yeah, he, who's he, very versatile and a good baseline around. player, really great Not, baseline player. Five seasons with Buffalo, four with the Lakers, three with the Knicks, two with Detroit, and then one each with Philly, Boston, and New Jersey. And then out of the NBA after 85, 86, he played seven more years in Italy, which I don't even have stats for him here. So, uh, uh, finally, I guess on, re- uh, retiring Olano, from, the, uh, from basketball. Forley. Um, although I guess he, yeah, uh, finally finishing up in 1993. Yeah. 1993. So uh, 72, 73 to 93, nice 20 year career. And then he was a yeah, and then he, and then he was a, had a 20 year uh, career as an assistant coach in Miami too. Great side. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they. His time on the Knicks, the Knicks kind of the old school was getting old. And but I mean, he played on a team that for the first year for the Knicks was was still coached by Red Holtzman and was Bob McAdoo, Clyde Frazier, Earl Monroe, Spencer Haywood, Bill Bradley and Phil Jackson. And the next year, Willis Reed became the coach. So, you know, but the Knicks were kind of going like this. McAdoo was kind of going like that. And it just never meshed. But, uh, you know. The, the Knicks traded him and wound up getting Bill Cartwright in the draft. So, 
<laughs> who later went on to to win championships without the Knicks. Without a man. Anyway, all right, number nine, Bob. Bagatelle. My college roommate called him Bill the Bag Cartwright. There you go. <laughs> so move on to number eight. <laughs> number eight. Uh, number eight is Bob Pettit. Bob Pettit, not related to Andy. Pettit. Not related to Andy. And we should point out that Bob McAdoo is not related to Ben. Uh, no. So. No. He's not related to Bob Pettit either. He's not related to Bob Pettit either. Well, you don't know. You don't know. <laughs> So I don't think so. I, I Robert guess, E. Lee Pettit Jr. Robert E. Lee Pettit Jr. So there you go. Good numbers. Is, yeah. 26 a game, 16 rebounds, three assists. Uh, I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah. You know, he, he, he was an NBA champion. He was an 11-time All-Star, two-time NBA Most Valuable Player. People forget about Pettit, but I mean, he was sort of in that era right before the NBA really started taking off in the 60s. I mean, he was... He's played in the in the fifties. Uh, he was he was a re- force to be reckoned with. You know, back then six nine two two hundred and ten pounds is a is a, is a, is a big boy. It's not it's a point guard nowadays, but um, yeah. you know, third twenty number number tw- yeah, It's a small forward nowadays. I mean, twenty six sixteen. Yeah, I mean, it's in three yeah, assists. That's, that's sixteen. By the way, is the third best. Yeah. Rebounding per game in NBA history and trails a couple yeah. of a couple of other guys named Russell and Chamberlain. Yeah, and yeah. by the way, who, who averaging a double, averaging a double double throughout basically his entire career was Bob Pettit. And, and I think the reason why he's unknown is because he played his entire career for the for Milwaukee and St. Louis Hawks before they you know before they obviously moved to Atlanta. Exactly. So uh, yeah, I mean he's. Um, is that He's, a thing? Uh, is that like a lot of Milwaukee teams wind up in Atlanta? Is that what? It, well, they have Milwaukee teams wind up in Milwaukee usually, but yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the Braves. Event, true, true, true. In any event, I digress. Um, Bob yeah. Pettit. Bob Pettit, number eight. All right, brings us to number seven. Number seven, Kevin McHale. Let's talk about Kevin McHale. Let me, uh, put his picture up here. Just hated him for years and years and years. And why did I hate him? Because he was really good. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> of course. And and almost a guy who, I mean, think about the guys that he played with. Oh, maybe yeah. got more press, but he was a phenomenal player. Well, he was real rangy. He probably had one of the best turnaround jump shots the game's ever seen. He was a great defender, and he was one of those guys that would just get in your head. And there was a lot of them on the Celtics, but he was just a battler. I mean, he just battled. I mean, didn't he play with broken feet? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he, you know, other than bird, he was their primary scorer. He was the guy who you can, cons- who could consistently put them. And I think if it wasn't for some injury problems, he probably would be higher on this list and his, his numbers would be a lot higher. Because again, he kind of became, he hung around long enough where he became a little bit more of a third or fourth option in the offense. But still, I mean, a three time champion, seven time all star. Uh, he was a three time all defensive team. Uh, yeah, six fan of the year. Again, when, when, you know, he was, he, he accepted that role and sort of made the sixth man something that, um, the sixth or seventh man, you know, 
coming off the benches. And I think that's why his career lasted as long as it did is because he accepted that role right. and he excelled at it. He was, he, he, there are some epic battles uh, with Kevin McCallum, the Knicks, Kevin McCallum, Bernard King, uh, Kevin McHale, obviously in all of the Lakers. He's, he, he's, he was that good. He was that good. And he's one of those guys who I think if he came into the league today, I think he would be adaptable enough and ha- would have even more range than he did back in the day and would still be one of those players. He, he wasn't really a post player who had to bang. He was more of a guy who could really position himself in a way where he could use his length to shoot over you. Yeah. Well, look, yeah, 55% from the field. Yeah. That's pretty darn good, even if it was probably lower than Robert Parrish. <laughs> so their front line was pretty efficient. <laughs> yeah. They had a pretty good front line. Not yeah. bad. They, they Not got bad. some guys who could put it in the hole. Yeah. 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 There he goes. Number seven, Kevin McHale. Uh, that'll bring us to number six. Number six is Elvin Hayes. Let me throw his picture up here, Elvin Hayes. Um, yeah, he uh, uh, got in the uh, got in the league in the uh, with the first overall pick in the '68 draft, selected by the San Diego Rockets. Um, became Houston, obviously. Uh, and uh, yeah, one-time NBA champion, twelve-time NBA All-Star. 69 and, through 80 consecutive years. Right and led the league in scoring 68-69. Yep. yep. Uh, <laughs> welcome to the league, young man. Welcome, welcome to the league. You're the leader. <laughs> 21 Average 21 points a game uh, over his career. 27,000 over 27,000 points. Uh, and he, had, he, he was another double-double there. He averaged 12.5 rebounds a game. Well, think, of, think about that front line with him and Unseld, on the, uh, you know, the year that they won the, won the championship. I mean, he was... He was he was a guy who could put I mean he had twenty over twenty seven thousand points in his career. Sure. Twelve and a half rebounds a game and over twenty one points. Um yeah. And uh he was he, he's a guy I who I also think gets forgotten a little bit just because he floated around so much. But um we went back with the Rockets after he back with the Rockets, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. There he goes. That's our uh, number six, Elvin Hayes. Gets us to the top five, and we're going to start off with the big ticket. There he is right there, Kevin Garnett. Let's throw him up. I think he's singing a song. I think he's the only actor who's been in multiple movies on this list. (laughs) There you go. Uh, Yeah, actually, I think you're right. Uh, Started his career in uh, Minnesota um, in uh, 95. Uh, uh, First round pick, fifth overall. Uh, by Minnesota, went to the Celtics, the Nets, and then back to the Wolves. Um, you know, one, uh, one-time NBA champion in uh, in '08 uh, with the, uh, of course, the Celtics, right there. Uh, 15, he, he hung around long enough. He hung around long enough, and uh, and got a championship. And I think the uh, the Nets were hoping that <laughs> would uh, he bring it down there when they uh, pulled him down there. But uh, yeah, 15-time All Star, uh, crazy, crazy <laughs> numbers, twenty-six thousand points. Another double double, seventeen point eight uh, points per game, and fourteen over fourteen thousand rebounds. So he had ten, uh, and even ten rebounds a game. Yeah, I, I, I sort of think Kevin Garnett was a center, but I think because he was not a physical center, people sort of said, "Ah, he's a power forward." Regardless, he was a great player. I, 
I always felt that, especially when he was with the Timberwolves, he was a guy whose numbers were inflated on a team that was never fantastic. And, um, uh, you know, look, his numbers speak for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, they do? Yeah. He, he's, he, look, he's eight, 18th in career scoring, and I think he's uh, eighth or ninth in total rebounds. And he was also a, a, just a crazy good defensive player, too. Mm-hmm. And he, he was really brilliant uh, both ways on both ends of the court. He was. Yeah, he was. And then when he had another big guy next to him, he, he was a great off-the-ball defender. He was a great shot blocker. And, uh, you know, that, that, that Celtics team that won the championship was a really good defensive team. Yeah. And, yeah, they, um, really good. <laughs> and they had a couple of pretty good sh- shooters from – as we all know, but uh, and yeah, yeah and sort I of mean, the pregenesis of the 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 big three, right? Oh yeah, it's kind of, kind of you know sort of the birth of that uh, you know that big three. Yeah, you know that four for bringing those guys together. Look, the, the the Celtics, you know they they sold out their immediate and medium future to put that team together in the hopes mm-hmm. of uh, of getting a championship, and it worked. It worked. <laughs> It worked. They got the championship. So um, he was also MVP in in '04 with the Timberwolves, um, and uh, yeah, so yeah, great they, player on a lousy team for years, for decades years. it seemed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a long time. And uh, well, yeah, they were a team that sort of had some talent for a while there with Marbury and. Um, it, it, they just underperformed. Right. I think but, you mean Starberry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that was when yeah. he was uh, with the Nets. He was Starberry with the Nets. Uh, it was Starberry. Yeah, no, Steph Mar- Steph he was he was the Kyrie Irving of the day. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, that's a good analogy. I like that. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. much true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Number five. He was the and Kevin Garnett was the Kevin Durant of the day. There so yeah. Yeah. There you go. Uh then I'll have it there. Number five. The big ticket, Kevin Garnett. That'll bring us to number four. Number four is none other than Sir Charles. Uh, this is uh, Draymond Green's uh, favorite uh, old player, right? Uh, of the uh, oh, they're best yeah. buddies. They? They're best buds. Yeah, I mean, Dray- Dray- Draymond is just uh, <laughs> heads and tails above Barkley. Let's face well, it. I tell you, I mean, yeah, he's uh, way up on that list. I'm telling you, um, yeah, Sir Charles, uh, the the round mound of rebound. Uh, I, I think that Barkley might have the record for most nicknames, right? Nicknames, I think he does actually. Round mound of rebound. Uh, no, Shaq, Shaq definitely does. I don't know that Barkley. Yeah. Had, he had the round mound. He had the chuck wagon. Right. Uh, the incredible bulk. Do you know he never <laughs> went? He never went by Chuck, and I forget who it was. One of his coaches called him Chuck, and it just stuck. I think it was uh, what's his name who just passed away. Um, this coach of the Suns, Paul Westfall. Paul Westfall called him Chuck, and that was it. He never went by Chuck before. That's funny. Yeah. That's funny. Um, yeah, well, he, he was drafted in uh, the first round again. Fifth overall pick, same thing in 84 uh, by the uh, by the Sixers. Played for the Sixers, the Suns, and finished his career up with the Rockets the last few years of his career. That was a great. Those were great Sixers teams back great, then. I mean, they really were. I mean, it's <laughs> if Dr. J and Moses Malone were a little younger. I mean, yeah. that would have been interesting. Yeah, for sure. 
That is for sure. And we got another double double uh, candidate here. Uh, Twenty, uh, almost twenty four thousand points. He uh, he uh, averaged uh, twenty one uh, twenty two point one points per game, and rebounds uh, twelve and a half thousand. Uh, it's eleven point seven rebounds per game. Uh, and uh, and here's eleven time All Star. Uh, and here's an interesting fact for Draymond Green, and he needs to remember this. Um, uh, Sir Charles was the uh, uh, NBA MVP in '93. Um, so until you get one of them, Draymond, you know, shut up. Yeah, that's never going to happen. <laughs> yeah. I don't uh, think Draymond Green cares whether he gets an MVP. <laughs> probably not. I don't know. He yeah. may, <laughs> but I don't know. He's probably not that worried about not it. Not so much. So anyway, but uh, Charles Wade Barkley, there you go. That's number four on our list. I'll bring us to number three is Mr. Nowitzki, Dirk Nowitzki. There he goes right there. Uh, Dirk Werner Nowitzki. Go ahead. Take it away there. Uh, I think it's Werner. 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 Yeah, it's W. Werner. It's Werner. I think it's Werner. When it's Dirk Nowitzki. Werner Nowitzki. Dirk Werner Nowitzki. There you go. That's his. He's a. Uh, yeah, he's. Um, Drafted in the uh, ninth pick overall, first round of the 98 draft by the Bucs. Uh, and uh, didn't play uh, for the Bucs. He uh, uh, played for the Mavs um, afterwards. Uh, NBA champion in 2011, NBA finals MVP in 2011, MVP of the league in 07, 14-time NBA All-Star, uh, four-time NBA All-First Team, uh, five-time All-NBA Second Team, 31,560 points uh, in his career. That's 20.7 that's 20. points per game. Uh, and he had 11,489 rebounds as well. Didn't get him into the double-double category like the last three guys, but uh, he's close enough. So, Did he Did he come in? He came into the league after playing in Europe for... He played in Europe. Yeah, he played in, uh, he played yeah. in Germany. He played in Germany for four years. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, you yeah. know, think of, think of, you know, there's there's two or three at least prime years that were... You know that he was not in the NBA. Look, I've always, I always thought Dirk Nowitzki was a great player, yeah. and he rose up this list for me because of one playoff series and one playoff series only, and that was the 2011 NBA Finals, which I still think is the is one of the biggest, if not the biggest, upset in the history of the NBA Finals. This put it into context. This was after the big three. The, the big hoopla, you had Wayne, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, LeBron James. The, the Heat were huge favorites. And Nowitzki felt a little, you know, there's stories of, of the Heat players kind of making fun of him and calling him weak. And he just said, fuck you, and took an entire team on his back, literally, and was lights out, lights out in that in that. 2011 NBA Finals. It was. It was. Crazy. And I've never rooted for a German as much as I did <laughs> in that series because I couldn't stand the big three and still can't stand all of that. And I just loved it. I, I just absolutely loved it. And you know, he dragged along Jason Kidd, who was sort of on his last uh, on his last leg. And you know, Sean Marion was kind of. He didn't have a lot. He didn't have a lot of. Um, help. He didn't have a lot of other really great players on his team. I would argue he had less talent on his team 
than LeBron did when he when he was on the Cavs and right. and run that series. I think this is the single most. I I think this is the best single performance in an NBA Finals by an NBA player. In in the in the fact that what he did was really so dominant in 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 what the team did, and, and, and I've never seen anybody dominate uh, single handedly like he did ever, and it was incredible. Yeah, it was one of those things where you just you can't possibly make another fall away again and again. He came through. Every single time, any um, defensive plays and steals and yeah, yeah. I I mean, look, he was unbelievable. There, there's, there's a couple of guys in the league right now who may end up surpassing him. I think we know their names. We get to watch them play right now. But I think at this particular moment, is there anyone that you would classify as a greater international player in NBA history than Dirk Nowitzki? Probably not. Probably not. I no, mean, I think, because you're right. I, I think that I think Tony Parker and Ginobili are up there, but they're they're not they're not at this level. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was just because I mean, he, is, you know is it Tim wasn't Dun- just, is, is, it wasn't is like Tim he had Duncan, one. Is, is Tim Duncan an international player? Mm, I don't know. I, I don't think of him that way. Uh, I mean, he he's not a U.S. citizen. I mean, he came from. You know, and in, in, he wasn't European, but he did not. He, you know, he was he was. Uh, you know, not a U.S. product, so yeah. But he was born in the Virgin Islands. Yeah, but that's a U.S. territory. It's U.S. So. territory, so kind of the okay. same thing. Kind of sort. Of. I don't think he played many years in the Virgin Islands league, though. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think there is one. Well, I, he, played, he played. He played. No, he played through high school there, and then he came to Wake Forest. So right, he, but I mean, there was no pro league. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, no, I mean, but, yeah. no, I mean, but it wasn't just that once. You know, Nowitzki was a a crazy consistent quality player for years and years and put it all together in that series and it, it was a beautiful thing to watch in fact it probably i mean yeah you could say you could talk about that cleveland team that beat golden state but they had lebron and, and Dirk Nowitzki is no despite his yeah. uh, impressive stats he's not lebron so yeah you could yeah i think your argument he did more with less to win a series that no one would expect him to win. No. Against I think a it's powerhouse the, I think, big three team. Yeah. I think it's by far the biggest upset in NBA finals history. It has to be. It's definitely it's certainly at the top of yeah. the list, that's for sure. Yeah. But um well there you go. Number three, Dirk Nowitzki. Brings us to number two. Number two is the mailman himself. There he is. Carl Malone. Malone. And I picked that picture too because uh the other guy in the picture kind of just missed uh, getting in the uh, getting in the list. He flopped into eleventh place. He flopped into eleventh place. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but in any event, uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, Carl Malone, the mailman. Carl Anthony Malone, the mailman. Uh, drafted in the first round, thirteenth uh, overall pick in '85 by the Utah Jazz. Two-time uh, NBA MVP, fourteen-time All-Star, uh, two-time NBA All-Star Game MVP. Um, yeah, just list goes on and on. Uh, 36,000, almost 37,000 points over the course of his career. 25 <laughs> points per game uh, was his average. 
pick Genroll and pick Enroll and get out, and get out of my way, Greg Ostertag. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just uh, fun to watch. Uh, that's for sure. I mean, he had that sweet little. I don't even know if you call it a turnaround because it was just we just face you up and just that little rip flick of the wrist and. Uh, I mean, when he came down the lane out off a of pick and roll with a little shovel pass for Stockton, it was just like, get the hell out of the way. Yeah. Uh, but he was another guy who, much like Barkley, and uh, was a victim of the Jordan years. Yeah. And he, even hopping on the, the Lakers train couldn't get him one uh, later in his career. But he um, – he 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 was he was incredible. I mean, just and so consistent, so consistent. Yeah, that was the thing about him is consistency. Just game in and game out, and year in and year out. And listen, if the Jazz could have, you know, the was there was there a better pick and roll combination than Malone and Stockton? Certainly no. not at the time. But it yeah. always kind of got bogged down in the playoffs, and they never had enough other ways to score you know well they came close i mean you know when 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 your best defender is uh you know right up on the best player in the nba and the guy gives him a forearm shiver pushes him away to score the game winning shot it's you know look they were they got closer than the knicks did i would say a little bit um yeah it was just circumstances they never had i mean they had jeff hornacek and they had a couple other you know guys who were adequate but they I never had that dynamic third player, that dynamic just yeah. lights out long range shooter that could overcome. And they, you know, it's again, it was Michael Jordan and the Bulls. There's a lot of great players, some of them on this list that are not, don't have a championship because of that. Because of that. That's very true. And uh, that will uh, do it for number two, the mailman, Carmelo. And Let's get to our number one of this list. Our number one uh, power forward in NBA history is, drum roll please, Mr. Tim Duncan. Uh, we just spoke about him before, uh, about 30 seconds ago actually. Uh, born in the uh, St. Croix in the U.S. Virgin Islands. <laughs> uh, drafted with the first overall pick in 97 by the Spurs and played his entire career with the Spurs. And uh, yeah, I think he's back. He's uh, he's an assistant coach now with the uh, Spurs. Uh, I don't know. I think he is. But five-time NBA champion, uh, ninety-nine, oh three, oh five, oh seven, and twenty fourteen. Uh, three-time NBA Finals MVP, two-time NBA MVP, fifteen-time uh, All-Star, uh, All-Star Game MVP in two thousand twenty, almost twenty-six, almost twenty-six and a half thousand. Uh, points uh, total. Um, he's another double double uh, candidate there uh, with 15,000 rebounds, 19 points per game, and 10.8 rebounds per game. Um, yeah, that's uh, Timothy Theodore Duncan, the big fundamental. There's his nickname. Had to throw that in there, so. <laughs> the big fundamental. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I just, he's the reason why I became a Spurs fan. I mean, him and Pop. Right. And I just love the way they played basketball. I just love the way he went about things. He was, uh, you know, the, the the only guy who I think remotely reminds me of him these days a little bit. And I, I think it's a little bit more put on with this guy is, is Kawhi Leonard and the fact that they're just so 
methodical about how they go through things and they're so consistent and they're so fundamental in how they play the game on both sides of the court. And that's what really makes Duncan, I think, top this list is the fact that he was, you know, he is, he's a 15 time NBA all-star and the only player to be selected both the all NBA and all defensive teams for 13 consecutive seasons. That's, I mean, he, the, the Spurs have a way of really um, sort of grooming these players who are just amazing on both sides of the ball. And, uh, you know, not only the, I think the best power forward by far, I don't know if he was consensus. It looks like maybe he was um, on our list, but you know, I I think he's, I, I think he's one of the top, you know, seven to 10 basketball players in the history of the game. I mean, he's just that good. Five rings, baby. Five. Five. Yeah. I, I, Five. I was kind of hoping that he wasn't going to win the first one he won. Yeah. But, uh... <laughs> yeah. Well, that that was that was that was called season of chaos. And uh, you know, God, yeah. What's his? Who was the Spurs guard who went on to coach who hit those corner threes? Yeah. Uh... You, I mean, that team of bad news bears could never have been. No, I, I know. I know. I mean, Larry Johnson, I think, was playing on one leg, and Latrell Sprewell was under investigation. Latrell uh, Sprewell. I mean, Tim, it, uh, uh, what's his name? Dudley was starting at center. Yeah. So, um, there you go. Not Chris, Dudley Do Right. Chris Dudley, Dudley. Yeah. Chris yeah. Chris Dudley. Dudley yeah. Chris Dudley. Yeah. Uh, Chris Dudley. But yeah, I mean, you know, Duncan and the Spurs were—they were the—he was the epitome of the team that was the epitome of team. And that's well, I and, think and, the beauty and, of pop. And, and I think that pop and those first teams and Duncan mm-hmm. s- signifies the end of that era of basketball. You'll never see that again. You won't. You will yeah. never see it again. And remember too, he's the, his nickname is the big fundamental, but don't forget his, uh, his other nickname with him and uh, Robinson. Uh, yeah, the twin towers. The twin yeah. towers yeah. 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 Well, he was the, they weren't the original twin towers. The original twin towers were, uh, what's his name? Elijah Juan and, uh, it was the guy from Virginia, Ralph Sampson. Ralph Sampson, yeah. yeah. But yeah, um, I, 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 Spurs and the Spurs were eat in that era. They were easy to root for, especially if your team was not so good because they just they were. I don't know, kind of anti. They were old school. They represented everything. Yeah, they were old school yeah. and uh, and they yeah. were likable. You know, nobody on the team was a jackass. The NBA hated it because they were horrible for ratings because it was just the opposite of what every young kid wants to see. Right. Yep. Just some person puffing his shirt out and showing you his number after he hits a three-pointer. And yeah, I mean, and, you know, high flying and jamming it and then screaming and you know, they were not that. But they they you know, they they were it was always interesting with them. I just, th- th- those years with, with the Spurs were just great, especially even the latter years. Um, you know, they had good teams, but it always, always revolved around Duncan. And he was just such a workhorse. And you know, like I said, you, yeah. you want to learn how to play a post game, just watch tape of Tim Duncan. Yeah. Watch his footwork. I mean, he's, he's that good. He's that good. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think, you know, he was, you know, those, those couple of years, Robinson, you know, a lot of that attitude, that poise and that uh, lack of showmanship, you know, that kind of came from David Robinson. And, right. uh, 
and Duncan sort of, I mean, I think it was partly his personality, but he also kind of adopted that as well. I'm just going to go about my business and be a great player. I'm not going to get in your face. I'm not going to yell and scream. I'm not going to beat my chest. This is, this is work. This is what we're here to do. Exactly. And, you know, it wasn't always the most exciting thing to watch, but it was beautiful to watch those teams, the way they played the ball movement, as well as, you know, the team play, as well as the incredible, individual skill that some of those players had right well pop you know after that after they beat the knicks in what was that 99 99 pop popovich went up to jeff van gundy and said hey i got tim duncan and you don't that's the difference that's what he said to and it's pretty much that that was the truth you know i mean would that series have been a little different if patrick ewing could have but i mean no you knew ewing wasn't gonna make it he was just on literally on his last legs. And, um, you know, I, you sort of, as a Knicks fan, I remember that series. I sort you know, getting to the finals was just sort of like, all right, this is it. I mean, can we win one? And uh, it's well, just. We did. We won one. Yeah. <laughs> but the, you just knew that that Spurs team was going <laughs> to just finally devour this team that was literally just like, a scatter shot of, of insanity. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. uh, I mean, you know, Jeff Van Gundy holding on to Alonzo Mourning's leg sums it up. <laughs> still, my fa- still my favorite coach of the Knicks of all time. Don't get me wrong. No. But, um, and, and there was something about that team and that whole playoff run, which was absolutely fun to watch. But you knew you were watching something that was about to fall apart at any moment. Like, the wheel was falling off, and it still <laughs> somehow made it down the highway. It got there. It got there. Yeah, you were watching this, the spokes pop the, off one by the, one. But... The wheel fell off, and the other wheel fell off, and they were both spinners. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, well, there you go. That's our number one on our uh, top ten power forwards in NBA history, Mr. Timothy Duncan. There you go. Awesome. That's our uh, that's our top ten for tonight, and that of course will lead us into our segment of old balls. Old balls. Harry, why don't you tell us who this week's old balls recipient is? You know, old balls. And you talk about power forwards. This is my favorite power forward of all time, and I think he is maybe my favorite basketball player of all time. It's none other than Mr. Charles Oakley, who unfortunately has lately been in the last five years or four years has been in the news because of, you know, being mistreated by security at Madison square garden. But, but Charles Oakley started his career with the, with the Chicago bulls was, was kind of Michael Jordan's protector in a lot of ways. And they remained good friends. He, even after he came to the Knicks, but he, he came to the Knicks, uh, what was it, 80, 86, and um, no, yeah, 88. 88. He was on the Knicks for 11 years, and I mean, uh, the, the day the Knicks traded him for Marcus Camby was, to me, one of those days that's just, oh, God, how could this happen? But, right. you know, Oakley's, his numbers are never going to blow anybody away. But early on in his career, he was a rebounding machine. I think he led the the the, the league in, in rebounding uh, when he was on the Bulls. And he came to the Knicks, and look, the Knicks were winning games eighty three to you know seventy two. Um, but he was still a double double guy, you know. And he was he was a good passer, and he just you know much like someone like a Draymond Green. As much as I 
dislike him. He did the intangibles in ways that don't necessarily show up in the stat sheet. If there was a loose ball, if there was, you know, a, a hustle play that needed to be made, if there was a, you know, somebody that needed to be put on their ass, Charles Oakley was your guy. And in the 90s, there I don't think there was ever a tougher basketball player than Charles Oakley. I remember him guarding Shaq one-on-one and being able to push Shaq around. Uh, he was he was a guy who could probably jump about as high as I could. Whenever he tried to dunk it, it was always at you know, he was what six nine, but it was like, please go in. His layups looked like you know, Lou Pinella trying to catch a foul ball in the outfield. It was always interesting, but he was, he was a fan favorite and he was, you know, one, maybe the most beloved New York Nick of all time, especially of those, of those eighties, late eighties, early nineties team. And, uh, you know, another guy who could be on this list who reminded me of him, but he was the gentleman version of Charles Oakley was Horace Grant, who, um, was the reason why the Bulls traded him to, to the Knicks, and another guy who who's, who goes unsung, but they, they they he was he was a great 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 player, and um, you know when I think of those Knicks teams, love Patrick Ewing, John Starks was amazing, but when I think of those Knicks teams, I think of Charles Oakley. Yeah, I do too. I have to admit, you are definitely right. There you go. That was this week's Old Balls. Old Balls. Mr. Charles Oakley. And another... Uh, not that old, by the way. He's only not, 57. Not really that old. No, no, no. no not, not at all. But, but I couldn't... Uh, you know, Truck that, Rob. I was going to do Truck Robinson, because <laughs> maybe the best name ever of a power forward. There you go. But, you know, you can't leave out the Oak Man. Well, it's, it's just another... I was going to say, it's just another candidate for that uh, that stellar uh, uh, Madison Square Garden security. That's right. <laughs> you know? I yeah, mean. Spike Lee, Charles Oakley, and Newton Patrick. <laughs> There's those are the three most beloved individuals that have stepped into Madison Square Garden since Walt Frazier, you know, was playing. Right. I mean, it's just unbelievable, yeah. unbelievable. Absolutely. Anyway, well, that uh, that brings us out of NBA, and we got a little uh, little baseball to talk about. Uh, got the uh, a couple weeks left of spring training, and then opening day is two weeks from uh, two weeks from tomorrow, uh, April first, April Fool's Day. A um, couple things I just want to uh, run by you guys. We don't have to get into a ton of stats on uh, on baseball and everything else, but um, I don't know, I, I, Pete. I'm sure you probably watched a little bit more of it than uh, Harry. You did, uh, as far as the Mets go. Um, this whole uh, Luis Guillorme, uh, JD Davis, um, back and forth. Uh, it, there seems to be two camps. Um, uh, did did either of you see the uh, uh, Guillaume's twenty two pitch at bat on Sunday? I watched a replay of it. Yeah, twenty two pitch. He had he had a twenty two pitch. He worked a he worked a walk out of a twenty two pitch. He got a walk out bat. of it. Yeah, he got a walk out of a twenty two <laughs> pitch at bat, and uh, it was like I think he was zero and two at one point. <laughs> he he worked a he worked a twenty two pitch walk out of, from an zero and two count. So, um, which almost always seems to be the outcome. Right. Once you get over like fifteen or sixteen pitches, it almost always seems to end up a walk. Walk, yeah. Right. Or maybe um, yeah, that's yeah, that's 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 the ones you don't necessarily remember. Occasionally, there's a hit you might remember, but it's definitely it's one of the longest uh, Major League Baseball plate appearances ever. Um, was his uh, was his twenty two pitch at bat on Sunday? But um, 
there's there's been since and before that, uh, and it's been going on for a couple of weeks now because everybody, you know, J.D. Davis is penciled in as you know third baseman, uh, starting third baseman, but you know his defense is you know a question. Um, his bat certainly not, but his defense is a question. And Guillaume's defense is he's probably one of the best defenders that can play right. on the field, you know, next to Lindor or anybody else. But um, his bat isn't, you know, J.D. Davis's. So no, it is he, not. You know, so but I mean, it is getting better. Has been, and it will. Uh, I will admit, he only has Guillaume only has one home run in his career, and I was actually at City Field when he hit it. So so. <laughs> But uh, in any event, um, the question is, it's going back and forth, and the camps are fighting each other, basically. It's, it's amazing to watch this on all the groups and uh, on, on social media, but uh, on Facebook and that. But um, the question is, is J.D. Davis's defense worse than Luis Guillaume's offense? What's the, what's the bigger Achilles heel, if you will? So, That's a good question. You know, it's something to think about. I don't have to answer it right now. Uh, could be rhetorical, you know, who really knows? Um, you know, last year, now granted, um, it was a strike short, no strike short, COVID shortened year. Uh, but um, the uh, uh, Guillaume's uh, uh, batting average was uh, 333. And uh, J.D. Davis's was 247. Now granted, J.D. Davis had three times the amount of at-bats, but um, he didn't have three times the amount of hits. So, um, you know. Guillaume obviously needs time to play. And the one thing that I went and I looked at actually was I looked at J.D. Davis's um, history, you know, before he got to the Mets. His first year with the Mets was 2019. Right. Um, before that, he was on Houston for two or three years. And Houston, he was basically Luis Guillaume in Houston. <laughs> you know, uh, he didn't have that many at-bats. He was a you know, late-inning re- replacement or just, a, a, um, uh, you know, when you wanted to, uh, uh, you know, move somebody around or whatever. And he didn't have that many uh, at-bats. Can't the same thing be said for Guillaume? I mean, yeah, he doesn't have that many hits. He doesn't have that many runs. He doesn't have that many RBIs. But he hasn't had that much playing time, if you right. get that much, you know. So, look, I'm not saying that I want Guillaume to start over Davis. I'm just thinking that maybe, you know, they might want to think about a platoon situation to some degree because, you know, the defense that Guillaume is going to bring to the team, I think, with all the other bats that they have, if they line it up correctly, uh, you know, Davis's defense might actually score, cost them more runs than Guillaume's offense will. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's what is what is the difference in the offense with Davis compared to the defense with Guillaume? Considering they do have some bats, and let's face it, this is a team that we're looking at what could be a very high quality pitching staff. Sure, we've got you know, it's in the top. Uh, they, everybody's been uh, projecting as top uh, top five uh pitching right. steps in the in the league but you can't strike out everybody in the league in the in, in all of major league baseball actually yeah you can't you strike can't out everybody. everybody no you just you've got King, some good good great pitchers get great defense behind them and that's and that helps them right. they, they don't do it by themselves i think i would be i mean if if you had to choose one guy to be the starter right. i would choose Gayorme. Put good defense out there and keep runs for, from scoring, and then you don't need Davis to hit so many home runs. Right. I think you're going to have enough offense without him. I you look at that. it the other way around. Yes, your good pitching is going to keep your runs against down, but Davis is not exactly a 300 plus hitter right. 
who hits a lot of home runs, right? He's a two. What's his career average? I don't know. Uh, got it right two, two, sixty something. Maybe it's a little better than that, but you know, he's not a. I I don't know if he's as a good. He's got power, but I don't. What are the numbers? I don't know if he's a good enough hitter to justify what is, you know, pretty yeah. lousy defense. It's It's got to be. Well, here's the, here's one thing. I will tell you this, though. Here's one thing that I actually saw that was actually a little intriguing. Um, if you have somebody suggested that if they have a pitcher on the mound, that's a predominantly uh, fly ball pitcher. Then you, put, you, then you put Davis start, in? Start Davis at third. If you have somebody that's predominantly a ground ball pitcher, start Guillermo. You know, and, and, and do it like that. And then, you know, in that respect, it's platooning anyway, right? So that's that's what you're basically looking at. at yeah, I, I guess you could. I guess you could do it that way. You know, I mean, it's going to be a, it's going to be touch and go or whatever. But it's a slow sports week, folks. It is. It is. It is. So in any event, we'll we'll, we'll get back to more of that. But let's uh, let's switch over to uh, uh, let's switch over to some Yankee stuff for uh, Harry, because I know he uh, you, you want to sign off early, don't you? I do. You do. So why don't we talk about some Yankees with you right now? Um, Their pitching looks good. I hate, can't believe I'm saying that, but it does. And I, I, I was just going to say, and I, and I think I think one of my favorite Yankees might not have a roster spot. Mike Talkman, who if the Mets need an outfielder, I know he's not. You know, he'll be probably sent down to the minors. But the Yankees, the Yankee, Mike Ford and Mike Talkman could both not be on the Yankees' forty-man roster in, right. in a couple of days. I think. Uh, I think the, I think Montgomery and and Herman are looking good, and if the Yankees, I mean, they're not scoring a lot of runs, which is typical of last year, right? Um, but their pitching looks pretty good. I understand it's preseason, and I understand they're not playing the best of the best, but right. it's it, it, so far so good. Well, Herman, so far so good. Herman has Herman has uh, had four in. Four innings pitch the other night or yesterday, uh, and he gave up uh, three hits with no runs and six strikeouts. He he's pitched nine scoreless innings in three starts. So, well, look at Montgomery. I drew Montgomery last night. What was it five 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 innings plus five no five five and five, five and a quarter? In, yeah, five and no, third rather five and a quarter. Yeah, he five pitched and quarter. five and a quarter. He had <laughs> he pitched two yeah, strikes and se- one ball. Seventy five percent of an out. <laughs> <laughs> Dick. By, by the way, before you said it, yeah, in the end. By the way, uh, <laughs> Davis is two two sixty eight with thirty three home runs and seven hundred sixty five at bats. Two sixty eight. I like Davis actually. I, I mean, like JD I, Davis too. I, I Don't do get me too. wrong. I, I do just too. worry about balls getting line drives getting, you know, knocked down, ricocheting right, off his. Right, Glove. That's yeah. what she said. Bouncing exactly. into the underneath the tarp, and then know. and then the ones that he does come up with, he jumps up and fires the ball over to first base to Pete Alonso, <laughs> and it goes ten feet wide of him. You know, mm-hmm. that's what I'm worried about. That's what I'm worried yeah. about with him. Yeah, no, I get I'm not it. Worried about him hitting home runs. I'm not worried about him driving in runs. I think you can keep them both, and I, like I said, yeah, he might be one of those guys who. Uh, well, he certainly would be good DH. No, you know what? That's the problem. This is the point now. Now, Met fans, I, I, I've been a proponent of not no DH. I don't want a DH in the uh, in the National League and everything else. Now you guys the got, a lot, of, you got a lot of DHs. The why the way the Mets are set right now? It's it. Oh, why why isn't the DH here this yeah, year? Yeah, you guys got you know, a lot of coming. DHs. Look, it's coming. It's it's coming. Why you know not what? start I'm, it? 
I, I'm going to say this. I got. I know we want to wrap early, so I won't get into all of it. But well, you and uh, I don't have to wrap early, so yeah, that's true. You and I can talk. <laughs> I am now 100 for the universal DH. I have pondered this long and hard, and have changed my mind. When you say um, universal DH, it sounds like it's some sort of robot. It's, it's like well, Alexa. To play. When they play on the moon, there should be <laughs> a DH. batter for every team. Yeah, or it's the same guy. He has to play. At every I think it should guy. be the same guy for both teams. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> one guy you bats, and then you have the a best of your bench for. players, and he's the DH. For or somebody you have to you have to randomly pick somebody from the crowd. There you go. Or yeah, actually, that... you get to pick somebody from the other team. Uh, yeah, to be your DH. To be or yeah. Or, or you get to pick the other team's DH. Oh, you, know, you, can, you, you get to send somebody there. That's even a better idea. Yeah. No, I am uh, 100%. I think it should be league-wide, and they should start it I, up I agree. this year. Absolutely. Now, here's a question that I, I wanted to ask you guys, because I don't know much about this. I just read about it the other day, is that they're thinking about getting rid of the shift. Yeah, that, that, yeah. I was going to bring that up. There's two rule changes that are proposed. Uh, one of them is getting rid of the shift, shift restrictions. They don't want anybody going. I like that. I can't stand that yeah. damn shift. Yeah, just and uh, uh, they don't. They don't Look, want. And that. if you're if you're a pro baseball player and somebody says we're going to leave this entire left side of the infield open for you, why are uh, you not hitting that? I mean, imagine Rod Carew would have hit 750. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the problem with the shift. That low. Not, see, my the problem is not with the shift. The problem is that these hitters refuse to adjust to it I know. and take easy hits. And so and if you've if you've noticed too, a lot of these teams that are shifting on certain batters, right? They're not just shifting on it because that okay, that's where they hit the ball, but it's it's because that's where they hit the ball, even if we're not playing on the whole it's left side of the field. Ridiculous. They're not gonna hit over there. They're yeah, that's gonna hit I mean. over here. So no one is making that adjustment. You know, the hitting to the opposite field in some cases is an absolute dead art. And it's really too bad because it could make for some very interesting plays. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, now, I, mean, I don't know. Maybe we need a couple more years, but you would think by now these guys would be coming around well, and would be going to the the whole left side is I open. Mean, hit it. Bunt it. Yeah. Just do yeah, something. Right. Lay, lay down a bunt up the third baseline when everybody's on the, on the mean, first baseline. You know, Mick, Mickey killing. Rivers would have just slapped. He would have had 27,000 singles all dribbling, dribbling barely past the, yeah, yeah. past the, the yeah. bag. Right. Four of them would have gone back really past the bag. The other would have rolled up and well, he would have, he, he would have turned half of them into doubles. Right, right, exactly. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just. It's, well, it's so bizarre to watch. Like when you're when you're at the game and you see it, it's because you don't necessarily see all of it on television. Right. All the, but when you're at the game watching it, it looks like something's wrong. Right. And still, these guys cannot hit. It looks like a trick play from some little league baseball movie. Right. You I mean, know, I, I, yeah, exactly. I remember when you know you used to when a guy was used to hit up the middle when you used to squeeze the shortstop in the second baseman, and that was considered you know crazy. Right. Yeah. You know, and then your third baseman or, or the first you'd have baseman the would rotate uh, over. Right. You'd have the wheel right where everybody right. would rotate. I mean, that was like yeah. That now was it's now, now it's just like go it's slant over. It's like yeah. the home run derby, you know, when everybody gathers in one spot to try oh, yeah. to catch the balls. Oh, at the, yeah. Yeah, that's what it looks like. <laughs> that's funny. That's, that's actually pretty funny. Only um, in the infield. Well, let me let me throw this one at you too. There's another proposed rule change too, yeah. um, and they're gonna they, if they do it, they're gonna start it in the minors and work its way up. They want to make the bases bigger. 
You know well, why? You know why they want to make the it because the guys get guys getting hit. They want more steals. They want more steals. Well, well, no, no, no. They, uh, well, yeah, yeah. That's what they're saying. But they want more steals. They want to. They want to make the play well, how on the big, field. How much bigger are you going to make the base? Is the base going <laughs> to become the size feet. of Rhode Island? <laughs> seven feet. Yeah, that's like you could just jump onto it and bounce. No, uh, hey, so it's only going to be bigger on one side. A few inches, it's only yeah, going to be a bigger on the infield side. It'll be towards it'll be first base. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Exactly. It'll so, be right, towards, towards the previous base. <laughs> that side will be rectangular, six wider. rectangular yeah. bases. Exactly. Now, uh, what there's what they're saying is, yeah, they want to make it so that yeah, you're you're. It's more for that for the uh, for the steals because, and the biggest thing is they're trying to do with all of this crap is they want. They're trying to figure out anything and everything to try and attract a younger audience. They want those younger kids to stop playing Call of Duty and, and watch a baseball game. And they, don't, they, they want baseball games to be an hour and 15 minutes long, but yet they're going to make the bases bigger so everybody can steal. <laughs> it just doesn't make any yeah, sense. Yeah, I, I, I don't want any of that. The game primarily hasn't changed forever. There's been very, very, very minor changes throughout the course of history, and everybody's loved the game the way they do. If there's a bunch of kids out there that don't want to watch the game the way it is now, making minor adjustments to it is not going to get them to watch it. Well, if you want to see more small ball or moving around the bases, get, A, get rid of the shift, right. and B, you might see a little bit more, more small ball. But, I mean, the game has become strikeouts and home runs. Right. And... It would be nice if that changed, but it, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? It's uh, it just is what it is. Well, I don't know. The, maybe, maybe, maybe the DH isn't going to change that either. You know? No, 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 yeah, not at all. It's gonna it's gonna keep a bunch of old home run hitters around, and you know, yeah, make exactly. the make the although National all, League's ERA go up. Although, again, I'm all for it. Right. I'm but all for it too, keep... just because again, like you know, guys you know guys can't hit to you know to the opposite field i mean these pitchers cannot back in the day pitchers were not great hitters nowadays sometimes it's just like whoa this is gonna this is dangerous yeah well i mean the thing about it is we're really i mean look pitchers don't throw late into games that much right they don't they, they don't go three times through the lineup so yeah, that they get, they're strategy getting, they're getting pulled once they get to the third time right yeah, so that's all of those multiple changes where you're sacrificing yeah, in the National League, where you're sacrificing right, that, a player strategy. to get the pitcher out of there, or, you, or right, or having to make the decision like in the seventh inning. Right, my guy's really rolling. Do I? But we really could use a couple of runs. Do I want right. to leave him in or hit or whatever? Right. That's all done. There's no need for that. That strategy's out. The, the double window. switch, the one player coming yeah. in pitching two pitches and then coming back, and then all of a sudden the lineup card looks like a uh, you know. Chinese algebra, and that, and that, right. and that, is, that can't change anymore anyway because they took the power of being able to face right. one batter out too. They got to right. face three right, batters right, now, right, so. right? But even those relievers you bring in, they don't last more than an inning no. most of the time. They're out anyway, right? Generally speaking, and then you bring in the I, next. I don't, guy. Agree, I don't agree. Bring else, you bring I, don't them, agree, I don't agree with the you have to face three batters rule. I think that's I think I that's a terrible I, rule. I, as well. I think it's a terrible too. rule. I think right. that's a terrible rule. I, I think you know, especially for teams that have built themselves on having a deep bullpen. This is it's just ridiculous. I wouldn't be a bit surprised to find out that Rob Manfred put that rule in there just to just for this particular thing that we're talking about here. That that's out of the water. All those strategies and everything else, it's out of the water. So you might as well go with the DH. So his, his end game was to get the DH everywhere. So he right. put that. Yeah, rule in I, there I, don't, I don't. I don't like that. And what does facing three batters mean? 
Right. You know, I mean, that's, uh, yeah. Well, the, the, the original talk was if you're, if you're going to make a, no, make know, a change, yeah. then you're going to, they're going to go to commercial. He's going to, he's got to warm up. You, then you bring in somebody else after one batter. He's going to do the same thing. So it's extending the game. You know, we want the game to be compact. We want it to be shorter so we can get the kids to watch it again. Stop. If they're going to watch the baseball game, they're going to watch the baseball game. If they're you know, last, not going to watch it, last time I checked, there was baseball stadiums when we could fill them were filled, right? And people were watching, right? I don't, I don't think you had any problem getting young kids and yeah, and, to go watch at Yankee Stadium or Shea Stadium or, or Chavez Ravine. Hell, even here in, in Colorado, there's always people at the fence, so there's always young kids there. Stop yeah. pandering and and well, tell and, and and making young kids out, telling them what they are. Right. There's plenty I, I, of young I, kids who understand I, how to play baseball and how to watch a whole I, game. I don't understand it either because the bottom line is you look, you go to any municipality, you go to any local rec leagues and everything else. Are they, do they not have kids coming out and playing ball? No, they're all playing ball. They're all playing baseball. There's a bunch of kids that are playing baseball and there's a bunch of kids that are not. Yeah. So the bunch of kids I, that are I'll playing baseball you, are going to watch the game. The ones that course. aren't. But here's, what's, aren't, aren't here's what I Regardless say, of how you change it. Here's what I would say has done more damage as far as kids not watching games or not becoming interested or more interested in games than the game not changing. Stop putting the fucking World Series on at eight o'clock right. every night. You know, stop put games on during the day. Let's let's have you know what I mean on a regular basis here. Let's allow these kids to watch the game and not have to stay up until eleven o'clock. Let's gear it towards the fans and gear it towards the young fans. And not towards the ratings. I don't know. There was, a, the there, was always, but... there was always a balance of day games and night games. I stayed up till eleven o'clock, hiding, listening to my transistor radio. Right. I mean, I, it's yeah, hard but, because. Right, but you're a hardcore fan. If you're trying, but to I was in... as a kid too. But what right, I'm, saying I'm saying is, saying, is that most, most baseball marginal... games, start, most baseball games start at seven, seven thirty. Yeah, so you get playoffs, and then it's eight, and then it's eight twenty. Well, because because they're trying to find the the balance. Like I know they're trying to it, balance. It, it hurts. It hurts the kid on the East Coast, but the the kid on the West Coast is catching the end of the game, right? Because right, you know he's just got back right, from when you from do it that way, or tuba practice or something. But in right, but but my point is, instead of being in prime time and having all of the people on the West Coast who want to watch it conveniently, tuba and practice. the people on the East Coast suffering for those three games or those four yeah, games, yeah, but. And then, to your point, I will play devil's advocate, is that last year with the crazy playoff scenario that we had, I felt like all day long there was playoff baseball on. I felt like there was more playoff baseball than Mexican telenovelas on during the day last year. It was fantastic, especially because I worked from home it was and I could you know, look over and watch the Braves and the – I mean, it was great yeah, it too because it would have been so great if you were in an office all day. All we need is a pandemic to make the best. Well, people don't think people watch it at their office; they watch it online. That's the other thing sure. is you're talking about people don't watch things on television anymore. You know? Bring their it's iPads, they set yeah, them up on their desk. The it's not quite the same experience, though. No, I, get I, you. I, I, I agree with you. It did seem like it was always there was always something going on, but right. but that's not the norm, though. It's no, no. It's not. That's not. I, I think a couple of days. But I mean, when I think of World Series, when was the last time there was you 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 remember a daytime World Series game? Maybe a daytime pennant game. Maybe daytime, a, a daytime pennant game. Daytime, uh, you know. But but even the ch league championship series and the World Series, I can't remember the last time there was a daytime World Series game. I can't. I think that's part of the problem. Yeah. And we've been watching the step. I, I so think you're supposed to play on Wednesday, two o'clock, East Coast. You know, yeah. or baseball. I game. think 
Let's see. When did the Mets last win their World Series? 86. Oh, I was 86. I'm pretty sure there were a couple of day games in 86. I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I think, think they were. I, I know there, there were was, day, there were I know day there games was in 69. I know there was in the in the league series because I remember the Angels that year against the Red Sox. I remember that game where what's his yep. name had a meltdown was a day game. You're absolutely right. There were know. there were day games. And in the, even in the when the even series. in the 90s and early 2000s in the in the league series and in the championship series, always a couple day games, always. But they're usually you know twilight kind of games because you had multiple games going on. I remember you know when when the Yankees played the Twins for every year there. There's always two or three day games. There were always there were always a two o'clock start. But the World Series now always at night, and I think it's been that way forever. I mean, it's, it's going back to the seventies. Do you remember? I mean, Yankees Dodgers. I can't remember any of those games being a day game. Can you? Uh, you know what? I just looked at this. The last time a World Series game was played in the afternoon overall, and it was when it was a weekday afternoon was the uh, 87 World Series when Minnesota won. It was played in indoors, uh, but it was during the day. I just wanted to make sure they got the best daylight. Right. And it started at 3 p.m. It was also Saturday, though. Okay. Um, many, in the 1978 World Series had many 5.30 p.m. starts on weekdays. These are all Eastern times. And I bet they started at, at 3 on that Saturday because there was something else going on later in the day. sports yeah, or something like that, yeah. It's probably a football game. So... If you're the last time there was a an early, a super early weekday during the day afternoon game uh, for the World Series was on a Friday. It was a 1 p.m. start. It was Game Five of the 72 World Series. I think you'd see ratings dive bomb if they, if they did that. that was but I mean, you, you can. I mean, look, there's plenty of people around the world, around the country. I mean, who got into Pete's point to got that got into baseball because they all had. The Chicago station on their cable network sure. back in the day when the cable finally came into everybody's house sure. and everybody sat there watching the Cubs, mm-hmm. you know? So, I mean, yeah, I, I, I think having more day games is great. And there's tons of day games yeah. uh, during the regular season. I love season. watching the baseball game during the day. Don't yeah. get please. Uh, Especially in, but in any event. Out here, it's as long as I can get undercover, if I have to sit in the, in the, in the sun, then it's just like, oof. It's Not tough. Good. It's tough. I mean, so it's you, hot. It gets hot here. So you want to sit on the uh, you want to sit on the third base side. Oh, if it's a if it's a yeah that first that first base or right field line at Coors Field when it's a six o'clock start, the first four innings are brutal, brutal. <laughs> <laughs> you bring a change. You bring a change of t shirt with you. I just bring my I just bring my parasol. That's all. Makes everybody behind me really happy. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, I, uh, I think uh, the earlier start would be good. And I also think that you have to kind of go back to, to it's like if it's two East Coast teams, then you have to tailor towards an East Coast schedule. If it's an East and West Coast team, then you got to find that happy medium. Find and, a happy medium yeah. and, you know, late, late night, late night, New York, New York City dictates everything. And late night is where the ratings are at. Gotcha. Um, we, uh, we, we could debate this uh, forever because I just think that the, the, the the direction that Manfred is taking these changes every year is just I I, I don't even know. And can we leave it alone for one like one or two years so I at least know what's going on? I, I can't keep up. I just can't keep up. It's ridiculous. Um, speaking of changing things, um, Cleveland, we all know obviously they're going to change their name from uh, the Indians. Um, I saw two online. Um, well, I'm just curious what your opinion is. 
uh, two possible changes for the uh, for the Cleveland Indians. Changing the name to the Spiders, the Cleveland Spiders. That sounds horrible. All right. And uh, what and would be also, the connection for the Spiders? I don't know. I think there's a. I think, I think there used to be a team. I think there used to be a team called yeah. Okay. That, would, that would make sense. And uh, then there's also one called the other uh, idea is the municipals, the Cleveland municipals. Ooh, that is boy. Spider sounds, spider right sounds the, really right good. In the heart, huh? I, I to be it, to, the Cleveland municipal spiders. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Best of both worlds. Yeah. Why the hell not? I think it's, I think they should just call them the Cuyahogas. I think they should just call them the Cleveland Steamers. <laughs> I think they should go with the light browns. Stop. The Cleveland Steamers. <laughs> I mean, you think of steamships and all that. I, I like it. Sure. I mean, I'm sure there's an urban dictionary entry for for Cleveland Steamer. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> of course it is. But, I think uh, Tenacious D sang about that, actually. I think so. But there was <laughs> the wasn't the Cleveland Steamer. Yeah, I know that. But don't, there is also, don't go there. There is also a vacuum or something that was actually like a, I remember back in the day. Anyway, uh, well, I the, think she uh, was a famous dancer. Actually, there's the uh, Matilda, the <laughs> Cleveland Steamer. The Cleveland Steamer. <laughs> she was available for private shows. Uh, I just looked up what a Cleveland Steamer is. Uh, <laughs> now I am even more intent uh, on that. Cleveland, do it. Do it. Do the it. Cleveland, the Cleveland Steamer. Yeah. I want to know what I want. I want to know what you think the logo should be. Oh, I'll draw one up. I'll have it for next week. It'll, It'll definitely be, be somebody stealing a base. There you yeah. go. <laughs> They'll be getting something off their chest. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, horrible. I think we solved it. Cleveland Steamers. What a shitty thing to talk about. There is a. I guess there is. <laughs> There is a Cleveland Steamers baseball team. Our, there is a... The Cleveland Steamers are a professional baseball team based in Cleveland. Oh, that's they are on They are on the... A professional baseball team? The Cleveland... Oh, oh no, wait. The Cleveland Steamers... Anything? Yeah, I guess... What, I guess... I don't know if this, they, they are... They The Cleveland Steamers are a professional baseball team based in Cleveland, Ohio. Oh, no, this can't be real. <laughs> yeah, this is a. Uh, is that on the? This is a you should see the logo. It's fantastic. It's kind of, yeah. Just, just send it to us. Just now. think about the. Just think about the Milwaukee Brewers logo with what Johnny always posts on Facebook in the middle of the minute. In the middle of the minute. Copy of that logo. You might want to get a copy of that logo and start using it for your football post. Well, uh, you know, they, they've produced some of baseball's <laughs> greatest players, most notably being Dirty Sanchez, Lucky Pierre, Rusty Trombone, and baseball's first female professional player, Pearl Necklace. Oh, God, that's nice. a total joke. <laughs> Rusty Trombone. Oh, my God. Oh, we've, we've gone so far off page with this. Right yeah. Now. I... But, um... <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I, I think I like the, something tying into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So that the Cleveland, Cleveland Rockers, and the, you know, you got the song Cleveland Rock. I kind of like the Cleveland Rockers, to be honest with Cleveland you. I think Rockers that would be a cool 
thing that how can you be mad if they're called the Cleveland Rockers? I mean, I don't know. Uh, and it would be cool. People you could that do don't so, like geologists. You could do uh, so many cool things with the logo, and it's hip, and it's it's about rock and roll, and it's it's yeah. A lot of people action. aren't happy with a lot of people aren't happy with the Hall of Fame though, because they're letting in well, acts they consider not rock and roll. And well, come on, uh, whatever. No, I'm, I mean, I'm yeah. just telling you this. I mean, yeah, but... Then it's the Cleveland Steamers. Steamers. What about the Cuyahogas? It's the river in Cleveland. Yeah. I was going to say, how about, the, how about the Cleveland... Cleveland Burners? River, the Cuyahoga River Burners. The Cleveland River Fires. Burn, yeah, the, the Cuyahoga River Burners. So the Cuyahoga, the Cuyahoga catch on fire one year because there was yeah. so much pollution in it? so much I'm, pollution yeah. in it. I'm, I'm, oh, there I'm, you go. I'm, I'm going with the, with the, with the Rockers. Rockers. Yeah. Like the Rockers, Cuyahogas, the Burners, I wouldn't mind. Uh, the Burners. Uh, I I I, I would go with the Light Browns. The Cleveland, Cleveland Light Browns. That's, that's Cleveland not. Light Browns, as yeah, opposed to why not? Uh, no, Cleveland uh, Cleveland Magentas. No, not going there. <laughs> <laughs> not going there. Not going there. Not going there. Anyway, the Cleveland Beiges. The Cleveland Beiges. The Cleveland. <laughs> There you go, the Cleveland, the Cleveland. Never mind, that's fine. Yeah, we'll leave it alone there. Uh, okay. Uh, Arsenio Hall is from Cleveland. You could, they could be the Cleveland Arsenios. And Cleveland Halls. The Cleveland Halls. <laughs> Cleveland Halls. Cleveland Hall sounds like a a, 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 a song and dance man from the twenties. Yeah, I'm Cleveland Hall, and I'm here to entertain you. I'm gonna tap and sing. The Cleveland Halls. There you go. Yeah, and everyone gets a Cleveland steamer who wants one. Yeah. Cleveland steamers. I mean, <laughs> well, I look at it this way: I, I got about six openings for the, in the last ten minutes. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, geez. Um, yeah. There's uh, there's some other. Uh, uh, yeah. There's some other. Uh, uh, what's that stuff? Oh, football uh, to talk about. But you want to leave, don't you? You got stuff you got to get. I got right. four minutes. So hurry up. You got four minutes. All Let's right. Let see. me ask you this, guys. Since you're both giant fans, we got four minutes. Do you want? Galloway, amongst the free agent wide receivers out there, who do you want on the Giants? Uh, Kenny you Galloway. You want Kenny Galladay, not Galloway. Galladay, you want uh, Juju. Ga- Galloway was already on. I think Juju Smith's shoes, dude, without a doubt. I would take Juju. Or is it, isn't, what's his name, no, Sammy Watkins also available? Uh, oh, no, you got he... Will Fuller from the Texans, Curtis Samuel from the Panthers. I'll take Sammy Watkins. I'll take I'll take Juju. I'll take Will Fuller. Galladay's not a bad choice, but of the Megatron Junior. Of the available wide receivers, I'll take Deshaun Watson. <laughs> of the available <laughs> wide receivers, of the available wide receivers, I'll take Russell Wilson. Thank you. That might be the only way he gets out of uh, out of Houston uh, in this next season. Just change his position. Well, he's, he's having some he's, more. He, I'm going to play, but I'm not a quarterback. I'm a he's got. He's got. He's having a, some issues with his massage therapist. Yeah, well, right. it's going to be interesting to see how much of that is. Uh, oh, jeez. Isn't uh, this the same thing that Antonio it. Brown went through? Same thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Um, is it the same woman? Uh, it could be. It could be. Although I, I heard today that somebody said the lawyer uh, Busby mm-hmm. uh, lives or used to live across the street from the McNairs. Interesting. So uh, they're wondering whether this was, a, but it's hard to. I mean, that guy, he's super super rich, Busby. He's made his money. He won a huge settlement against uh, BP. In fact, right. Um, 
So I don't know if he still lives there anymore, but uh, apparently he did in the past. Um, but his house got robbed and like $20 million worth of stuff was stolen. It's it's crazy how rich this guy is. But you wouldn't think a guy like that would put his reputation on the line or at least his no. career on the line by fabricating a story. So there would have to be some text or something to there has to be something to, to it, substantiate yeah. it. But yeah. but everybody goes, not to Sean Watson, forget it. Yeah. This is BS. Well, okay. in more exciting things than Massage uh, Gate, 49ers investing big in offensive linemen. What does that tell you? Yeah. That tells me that somebody's coming there to to to, to be a quarterback for the you 49ers. Think, yeah, Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold? No, I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> Going back to Cali. No, I mean, look, they just they just made what's his name the the richest offensive lineman in in the history of uh, the NFL, and uh, wasn't that Nate Solder before? Well, yeah, well, no, I don't think the Giants did that, but I I just can't see that being the case if they're going to hang on to Jimmy Garoppolo. I just I, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. It's it's why why is everybody things, down on Garoppolo so much? All things that because he thought, sucks. Yeah, all things that I thought were going to happen and moves that were going to be made, uh, especially this week. You know, since free agency started and everything else, it's just it's been odd. It really has been. Um, uh, you know, a, a couple things like the Giants. Just to just to to sum that up, they they did give Leonard Williams his contract. He's got a three year sixty three million dollar deal. Sixty three um, million dollars. Sixty three million. Twenty one million a year. I don't know how it works out though. Uh, forty-five million of it's guaranteed, but he did. They were going to take with the franchise tag. They were going to take a nineteen point five uh, million dollar hit uh, to the to the uh, cap. Um, now with this with this new deal, they're only getting eleven million dollar hit to the cap. So they they freed up eight point five million dollars, so they can go sign other people. So uh, they did pick up uh, they picked up Devonte Booker, uh, the running back from the Raiders, who had a. Uh, uh, I like uh, that. Yeah. Um, but he he's one year removed for an, from an ACL, so now you get two running backs that are coming off of ACL injuries. Well, it's like um, it's like that text I sent you guys. He's always searching the bargain bin. Yeah, well, I mean that's just I, that's what I was going to bring up. This whole thing with uh, with Steve Smith, it's uh, you know they pick up John Ross. You know, I mean whatever. Uh, he he played a, two. He had two receptions for seventeen yards last year. That was his entire season last year, John Ross, with, the, with the Bengals. Two receptions for That's 17 yards, average. and they picked him up. And it didn't even—they dis- didn't even disclose. I tried to look for it; they didn't even disclose how much they paid him. You know, it's got to be like the the league minimum or whatever that is. But uh, you know, he, he, I I don't think Steve Smith is too far off of this. You know, uh, why they're every other team is renegotiating contracts and moving and restructuring things so they can free up some of this cap room, especially this year with the cap taking a ten million dollar hit. Uh, you know, and so and and they're signing other people. I mean, yeah, a lot of people, a lot of the teams that have a ton of cap room, obviously, were the ones that are winning. Obviously, Belichick's and would Belichick, uh, Belichick spent so far this offseason, Belichick spent one hundred and forty six million dollars over the last ten years combined. He only he didn't even spend. Well, he had a pu- he had a punch card and he got a free wide receiver. <laughs> Is that what it was? Yeah. So he was able to he was able to cash in on that. Yeah, getting back to the Giants, though. But it's, it's always it's always been their mo to not to draft receivers and not renew their contracts. They did it once mm-hmm. with Odell Beckham Jr. It bit him in the ass, and so you know. Well, he he did it, and then he tra- and then he traded him anyway after the season. You know, 
It was like it was like he was re- reluctant to do it. But the, the difference is that they were always able to to draft really good receivers, and that's where it's dropped. So it off. didn't matter. Everybody else went by the wayside, and they just had the next one in the chain coming. Yeah, through. think about it. I mean, you know, that's been their history. And now, there's a pretty pretty decent crop of wide receivers in this upcoming draft. So right. if you're going to draft guys that you hope are going to, you know, turn into at least very, you know, good to very good players, this is a good year to do it at the right. wide receiver position. I mean, I've never seen more mock drafts in my life. It's, everybody has a mock draft. It's a new thing to do. And, it's uh, you know, who knows? I, I'm sure the worst case scenario, the worst mock draft selection, the Giants will somehow – worse than that. I, yeah. I just picture some obscure, you know, offensive lineman who's going to turn into a tight end, and well, you know, from Eric Flowers' cousin George, is coming out this year, and they're going to, you know, pick him. His Eric name's Flowers, Johnny Johnny Weeds. Johnny Weeds. Eric Flowers' cousin Johnny Weeds is coming out this year. So yeah. he's, he's he, that's your first rounder right there. Um, on a Jets note, they signed Corey Davis. So, yeah, Jets have got, done okay. You got a good not, receiver not, there. Not so sure about the other Davis. Got a couple of couple of decent receivers with Mims, and then you got Crowder over the middle. Maybe you got a decent. You got you got decent. Uh, hey, listen, you got Mims receivers. and you got Davis. Those are big guys. You're going to need yeah, big corners to kind of cover. Well, you still those got guys. you still got Crowder over the middle, so you can you line up Crowder right. in the slot, and you're, but, you're, and you're and, good and that's where Crowder kind of belongs, right? He's, right, of course. He really is not a num- certainly not a number one or a number. He's really a number three guy. Yeah. You know. But uh, uh, they picked up an edge rusher, uh, Carl Lawson. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty good pickup deal. for them. Yeah, yeah, he had 36 tackles last year, five and a half sacks, uh, 32 quarterback hurries, um, and he was with with the Bengals. He picked him up with the Bengals. But yeah. you know what? I got I got to ask you. Do you? We, we've talked about this before, and we've we've said it over and over and over again. Is Darnold staying or is Darnold going? Because nobody knows. Yeah, but they've they've. There's been either, moves made. either way. Either way, they're, dra- they're drafting. They're not going to get Deshaun Watson. They're drafting a quarterback, and if Dar- if if somebody wants Darnold and the Jets can get anything for him, he's gone. Right. That's my take. I don't think he's the. I don't. I think the Jets have moved on from him being the quarterback. I don't think he is either. I think. I, I think Robert Sala came in here and said, "Hey, you know what? I can get Zach Wilson from uh, Brigham Young. Yeah, that's who I want. I, I want to bring him in and." But but you know what? I mean, there's there is one head coach in this league that really believes in Sam Darnold, and it's Pete Carroll, according to these reports. Um, yeah, but I mean, for the Jets to make or look, I I honestly I don't think Russell Wilson's going anywhere. Right. I think this is all a ploy for Wilson to get more help, get more help and a little bit more say so. I think uh, right. in in, yeah. in all of that. Uh, in the last couple of days, uh, Seattle's backtracked a little bit. They've said, "Hey, you know what? Not right now. We're not interested right now." Um, well, and the, and the list of teams that supposedly Wilson would be open to, which he's he has never said this, but the teams that he's supposedly open to make no sense. And by the way, two of them have already signed quarterbacks in the right. last two. Yeah, the, the the doors are closing for everybody. It doesn't right. make any sense. Look, I te- I by the way for the Jets, I tend to think Bradford is. Uh, you're, 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 you're not folks. When, 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 when Pete says Bradford, he means Darnold. Just to let yeah, you know, I, know, I think it's going to be Deshaun Watson or Sam Darnold Bradford for the Jets. I think if they can't get Sam Watson, Darnold. then Sam Darnold Bradford is their man. Look, there. Speaking of Deshaun Watson, there is a lot. I mean, this uh, sports talk radio in Denver is just Deshaun Watson nonstop. 
Deshaun Watson nonstop. And there's there's somewhat legitimate reports coming out of you know and ABC News and NBC News and other legitimate uh, sources that say it's a possibility. I was, uh, you know what? I don't, I don't see why it, it wouldn't be a possibility. But why, if also... you're Deshaun Watson, would you want to come to the Broncos? It, you know, people in Denver are so, oh, he immediately makes them a Super Bowl contender. Really? No, no, uh, not not with that other team in your division. Well, and not with the talent the Broncos. The Broncos I mean, are I mean, really yeah, a mess right now. But you know what? You know, you go out and get some talent, and all of a sudden things start to turn around. But still, you have the Chiefs in your division. Right. You know, why would he want to do that to himself? And the Chargers and the Raiders. And yeah, and, and yeah, exactly. It, it gets, it, it, every other team is on the way up. With these say, yeah. the, uh, I, I was speaking to a Miami Dolphins fan today, and he is convinced. He is convinced that. And it, 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 he's just saying from what he's been listening to, convinced. Like reading between the lines or whatever he's doing. But he's convinced that Deshaun Watson is going to Miami. Well, the, and Miami is definitely up there. But the reason why I think – I think Deshaun Watson supposedly is open to going to the Broncos. And I think the Broncos are willing to give up the most for him. And that's where I think Houston comes into play. Cause it's not really up to Deshaun Watson, right? It's up to up, you know, it's up to Houston and the Broncos are willing to cash in their chips to get Deshaun Watson. I think they should. I think anybody should. And, and I think the Broncos ha- have enough talent where they can, you know, they have they 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 have enough depth and enough talent to to make it work at least maybe this year and then go after a few uh, free agents. Look, it, it it would change this team. It would turn this team around immediately. I just don't think that with everything else, the, the way that they've gone with the head coaching and GMs and everything else, it's all so conservative and so not Deshaun Watson. What would Deshaun? I don't get it, but. If if the Broncos are willing to cash in the future for him, mm-hmm. and they're offering way more than everybody else is offering, that might be where he lands. Might be. Might be. Um, hey, you know what? what? What do you think about Ryan Fitzpatrick going to Washington? Yeah, I would. I wanted to see him come here to Denver, but you know, I I, look, good. I, if he can get traded three more times during the year, then he can make it to almost every team by the time yeah, he retires. Yeah. Well, he's 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 got he's up to nine teams right now in the look. He's uh, a he's a fine stand-in, but yeah, you know, he's he's not a, he's not the answer for any team, right? Yeah. We, we we like him, but if you you know you look at his career stats and you know, I think he's an upgrade for 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 the Redskins, and I think it puts them. I think it levels the playing field between them and Dallas in the NFC East. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's yeah. the second. Yeah, you got you got to think he's, he's better. He's than, the second best quarterback in the NFC East. Yeah. You got to think he's who? better than uh, what's the, the, the kid's name? Julian yeah. Love. Yeah. Julian Love. Love. What is it? Julian Love. Yeah, Julian know. Lennon. He's definitely Julian better Lennon. than no, Julian. No, on Washington. Heineken. Oh, Washington. Oh, Heineken. Heineken or who's the other guy? Allen. Kyle Allen, I think. He's right? he's, yeah. he's a lame brat. Neither one of those guys, but he's not going to no. be leading anybody to the Julian Lennon. Super Bowl. <laughs> Julian Lennon. Is, he's yeah. definitely better than Julian Lennon. I mean, you know, he has he, had, he was pretty good out of the out of the out of the shotgun. You know, you never know. Yeah, um, okay. I am going to sign off and uh, say goodbye and good night and let you guys delve deeper into uh, what the Jets should do on their third string tight ends. But um, well, they do. I've got a couple of choices. They do. They do indeed. I got to run. All right. Got it.
All right. Have well, a nice happy birthday. happy birthday, Harry. Thank you very much. Enjoy enjoy the night out in Denver if that's indeed what you're doing. And, I'm not uh, going very far, but I'm I do I'm doing something. So enjoy your six pack in the laundry room. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> that spin cycle is fun. <laughs> spin cycle is fun. Just just be careful. Just are you washing your Cleveland steamer shirt tonight? Or are you? Uh, <laughs> or it's got a couple more days in it. Uh, there's no shirt. All right. I'll talk <laughs> to you later. Right, bye. Bye. Anyway, uh, yeah, you know what? I mean, I, I think the uh, – I, I, I don't even know what to say anymore. Um, Jets made a lot of good moves. Uh, they could have made more and more to come. I think they're going to do good in the draft. Uh, I, I think Salah is going to turn it around a little bit, um, and I think they're going to they're, they're compete. Um, <laughs> yeah. Giant, the Giants <laughs> – Look, I I don't giant, know. Well, whatever. I don't know G- what gentleman is gentleman. Did you read the article that Harry sent us? Uh, no, I didn't have a chance didn't. to read it. Steve Smith, uh, former uh, former uh, uh, wide receiver for uh, Carolina. Carolina, yeah. yeah. Well, he's uh, one of the all time greats. Yeah, went went off like eviscerated Gettleman in a rant. Well, probably he deserves uh, it, doesn't he? Yeah, he he says you. He goes. A couple of his quotes were, you don't want a playmaker, you want cheap. Um, he want, he wants all the credit, and that's why he doesn't have an alpha wide receiver on his roster. And he shops at the pick and save aisle. And nice. Those were, those were uh, Steve Smith's quotes. Yeah, and, and he's never been shy, Steve Smith. No, nah, not at all. No, 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 no. And then he said uh, he went off on NFL Network on Tuesday in the context of New York's bargain, sh- bargain signing of former Bengals first-round pick John Ross. They, they going down – this is a quote – they going down in this pick and save aisle, which is about 15 and below, Steve Smith said. Whoa, number 24 on the list, John Ross. Again, they don't want an alpha. That's what he said. That was his quote. But um, I, uh, I don't disagree with him. <laughs> i got to be honest with you. Um, I, I, I feel bad for Daniel Jones. Um, you know, hopefully, you know, I, you know what? They, Sterling Shepard and... And uh, Darius Slayton, uh, I, I think, are, are decent receivers. Um, and let's hope they can do something with it. But I, I do have to say that beyond receivers and any other running back signings like uh, Devontae Booker or or what have you, um, shoring up the defense and putting a damn offensive line in front of, yeah, it's number one. That's got to be number one. So if, they, yeah. if, he, if he accomplishes that and the only – Wide receiver signing is John uh, is John Ross. Is that his name? Was it John Ross? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, then then fine. Then fine. If you got a brick wall in front of somehow, or, or some former facet of a brick wall in front of uh, of uh, Daniel Jones, and 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 keep in mind Saquon Barkley too. Okay? Right. Yeah. Saquon Barkley's been getting injured, but he's been getting injured because he's got nobody in front of him. He's trying to do everything himself. You know, if he, if he had blockers and he was able to do what he needed to do like any other team like if any he was on any other team that actually had an offensive line in front of him he may not be injured uh you know uh, as often as he's been so i i feel bad for him i feel bad for daniel jones let's just hope they get it right with the offensive line let's 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 hope that goes there but i think that's another category that this draft has uh some some decent picks in his offensive line yeah and i think that's a place the jets are going to go to look for offensive line yeah, well, I mean, both these too, teams right? have to improve their offensive line. Right. 
and uh, who are the two guys that are Sathuni and Lindsley or Lins Lindsley? I think uh, Lindsley. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, you know, kind of like uh, two veterans that uh, you know, free agents, uh, I should say, that uh, maybe teams were looking at, and obviously neither the, the Jets or the Giants went after them. So you have, to, I, I think, the Jets. I think if they don't get to Sean Watson. You know that's a deal you have to make if they if they will if if uh, if Houston will make that deal. But I yeah. think they're going to be fine with Sam Bradford as their quarterback if they don't get Watson. I they may draft they may they may draft one of those guys with the number two pick. They may not. I mean, here's the thing about um, I can't keep their name straight. The, who's BYU Wilson? Well, Zach Wilson is, is Wilson. Yeah. Here's the question about Zach Wilson. And on the um, negative side, you can sort of look at BYU and you go, well, who, who, who the hell did they play? Right. You know. Um, but then you look at his numbers, and and the flip side of that is, yeah, but look at the numbers he had and who was he playing with. Right. There's no, I don't hear any BYU receivers that are going to be anywhere close, maybe to even the first round of the draft. Right, right. Let alone, let alone amongst the you know the top five or six or ten receivers that you might take, you know. Uh, so he, he's doing a lot with a bunch of guys who probably aren't going to play in the NFL. Right. You know, maybe on some practice squads or something like that. Mm -hmm. But then again, you could say, yeah, he's putting up impressive numbers <clears throat> against who? Nobody. Right. Not anybody tough. So that's kind of you know. Look. I, I, Everybody who's talking about this, professionally at least, is looking for pros and cons, right? They're looking for what's good about Wilson, and they're looking about well, how, you know, where can we dig in and find something negative, you know? Right. I don't know. I'm I. There's a. I get. I don't know what to do. Okay. I I okay. I. I, I wouldn't have a problem with them not drafting a quarterback. But you've got to get if you're gonna if you're gonna go with Bradford Darnold mm -hmm. or Bradford Darnold Bradford. Darnold Bradford. Uh, if, you're gonna go with Dar window, if you're gonna go with Darnold Bradford, right? I should just call him Sam that way. I can. Sam, if you're gonna go with Sam. If you're gonna go with Sam. You got to give him protection. Yeah, and you got to find somebody to run the ball. It right. can't be the ancient one anymore. Did he actually retire officially uh, or not yet? Uh, you know what? That's a good question. I think he did. Uh, unless he wanted to play a couple more years so he can actually play with his son. Maybe. Um, you know. <laughs> Maybe. That might be. But, you can, you know, both these teams need to fix their offensive lines because your offense isn't going anywhere. Whether you have Saquon Barkley <laughs> carrying the ball for you or what's his name? Uh, will, uh, who they just signed or who they had? No, the, uh, on the Jets. Uh, who they who they the just old signed. man? Oh, Frank Gore. Frank Gore, there. Thank Frank you. Gore. Whether you got Barkley or Frank Gore carrying the ball, if you don't have an offensive line, neither one of them is going very far. He's still on the Jets. Still uh, on the Jets. Yeah, it's twenty twenty through present. His roster status is active. So there we go. He's still, he's still on the Jets. Yeah. So, so if he plays another couple of years, he can actually be on the same team with his son for a year. That would be uh, uh, interesting. That would be sweet. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I, don't I have. Know. I, I have. I think I have more confidence in the Jets' brain trust than I do in 
the Giants brain trust with the giant with the with the brain trust being uh, being uh, uh, Joe Douglas and Robert Sala, not right not, versus not, not Dave Chris, not Chris Johnson. No, you're not talking about that. No, 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 no. 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 All right, Assu- yeah. right. Assuming it's going to go the way they said it's going to go. Right, right, right. Although right. Woody's coming back, and so you know anything that was said and is supposedly going to happen could get thrown out the window. Could get thrown right out the window. Yeah, he's the owner. Right, exactly. <laughs> And he might go, yeah, that sounded good when you guys were talking about it, but I'm Woody Johnson and I own the team and you're going to get the guys that I want. Right, right, exactly. In which case you're going to have an unhappy GM and a very unhappy coach because I think uh, that was not one of the draws for Robert Sala to come here. I don't think that's going to happen at this point, but we'll see. I don't think it will either. I hope it doesn't. Yeah. But um, well, you know what? We'll we'll see how it all shakes out, how it all plays out. Let's let's just hope that, like I said, um, if if they can shore up the places they need to, both teams, uh, you know, and any others. And I do, by the way, agree with. I, I tend to agree, leaning wise, uh, with the gentleman I spoke with today uh, on the uh, the whole Miami uh, uh, thing. I, I for some reason I just I got a feeling that Deshaun Watson is going to end up down down in Miami I think that is well I mean forget about Watson for Wilson I don't see that happening Watson for Wilson oh flip-flopping the teams yeah yeah I don't see that happen that's not happening Uh, I think if you look at well I mean look the now look the Bears have Dalton that doesn't mean that they're the Bears not are not going to still look for a quarterback. That's they're not married gap. to start Andy Dalton. I'm sorry. No, that's, that's a stopgap at, at right. best. And I mean, so, don't they still have? I mean, Trubisky, right? I mean, he's yeah, still you yeah. still have Trubisky, and technically they still have Nick Foles too. Yeah, uh, you know. So I mean, were they going to have four quarterbacks on the roster? Right, yeah. but I mean, if you look at the you know the the realistic places where Watson could go, right. And again, it's it really comes down to who's got the most. Sure. And I don't know what Denver has to give up, but it better know. be a lot if the Jets are all in and Denver's all in, right? Because the Jets have got that number two and those number ones. I mean, they I think they have the best package as far as draft yeah, capital goes. They have they have two they have two number ones over the next two years. Yeah, and uh, and this year it's two and twenty three, and um, who knows what it'll be next year? Obviously, but. Right. Um, but they and and they have other they have other picks to offer as well. So I mean they're 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 pretty well stocked with that. But um, I did hear one. Uh, I guess it was just a, you know a, a, I don't know if it was any word coming out that this is what they were looking at giving or just something that was somebody speculating. But um, they were saying when uh, when it was when they were talking about Chicago, uh, they were looking Chicago was looking at giving the their next four first round picks. Um, mm. That'd be so interesting. Giving, giving, giving Pete Carroll and and the Seahawks their next four first round picks, uh, for, and 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 more. You know, just starting there and going. You know, whatever. I guess a couple of later rounders and maybe a player or two to be. Uh, you know, right uh, to be named later. To be named cool. later. Yeah. yeah. But, but see, the uh, thing about Miami though is I I don't know what what their pick situation is, but they have probably amongst all these teams something that Houston might really want, at least potentially, mm-hmm. in a, a quarterback that could be their starter. Right, right. And then so, they wouldn't have to use those high picks on a rookie. Right. And Tua's only in his second year, right? He'll be going in his second. He'll be, this was his rookie season, his passing. Yeah. So. so you still got, you know, three years before you really got to make a, at least a contract decision on him. 
I mean, if you hey, honestly, depending on the uh, again, I don't know what the picks are, but mm-hmm. if you're if you're trading with the Jets, maybe they don't even want Bradford Darnold or Darnold Bradford. Maybe they don't even want really want Sam. Well, you know, I mean, they, if, if I mean, we might take him, but we want the picks. Way. We want the picks. If you're trading with Miami, you think, yeah, we, we, no, Tua might be the guy him, who can you know be under center for us, and then right. we can use our picks to do other things. Sure. Yeah, I think Miami's more attractive than New York to Houston, depending on what the again what the draft capital is. Right. I got you. Well, uh we will we'll see how it all shakes out that's for sure um it should be interesting uh we got uh you know free agency still continuing the uh uh one thing that was uh, put out as far as the giants go they're looking at probably looking at um waiting on you know the second round of free agents to get a deal um so obviously they're uh, letting the the higher echelon players off the board first so right. they can, uh, again, shop the bargain basement, so to speak, as uh, Steve Smith said. But, hey, you know what? Here's the thing. They don't have that much draft uh, capital. Uh, not draft capital. They don't have that much uh, uh, cap room right? Um, to begin with. And uh, and they're not one of these teams that obviously is going to go restructure everything so they can gain some, some cap room. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. You know, it's, it's annoying to hear, and it, it seems as if that that's the case, and it does, it does really does seem that way. But you know what? None of us can sit here and, and uh, you know, say that we know what they're trying to do or we could do a better job at it. Who the hell knows, you know? But you would expect them. That's their job. You would expect them to know how to do their job a little bit better. Right. You would think they, they should know. be the guys that know. <laughs> right, exactly, so. We'll see but you know what? I, look, I'm not. I'm not as down on Daniel Jones as. Oh, I'm not down as, on, as, I'm, as Harry is. You know, I'm not and down I, on Daniel Jones. I, 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 I think that I he. You know, everybody's saying, "Oh, he reminds me of this." He reminds me of that. one. I read a, uh, somebody posted in one of the groups last week. Uh, he reminds me of Dave Brown. No, he doesn't. He reminds me honestly. He reminds me. Of, he reminds me of a mobile young Eli Manning. That's who yeah. he reminds me of. He really does. Well, and and, and Eli Manning won two Super Bowls. So. Right, and here's the thing: going yeah. into next year, right? Right. Okay, Dak is back with Dallas. Okay. And you can look at Dak's numbers, and they're great. But yeah. their defense is terrible. Yeah. They're going to have to really pick it up and make yeah. their defense better, right? Absolutely. Okay, so fine. You would assume, okay, they're maybe a better team than the Giants. But I don't think head and shoulders above the Giants unless they crank up their defense. Right. You know? Washington, I think they're a better team or at least roughly the same team with Fitzpatrick as they were with Alex Smith, mm-hmm. right? I would say roughly the same, yeah, probably. Okay, so, and then you got Philly. Who just got rid of their uh, their franchise quarterback. Who just got rid of their franchise quarterback. And, and is still taking a cap hit on a, uh, on a salary that, uh, is for a player that's not even on the team anymore. Right. And their uh, starting quarterback or projected starter, uh, owner-endorsed starter, I believe it is, right? right. Yep. We don't even know if he can throw the ball right. in the NFL. Right. So this idea that the Giants are now in a division there, everyone is better than them, I don't buy that. I don't buy it either. I don't. I. I don't think they're. I don't think they're going to walk away from next season with a fourteen and two record. And no, but I don't think they have to. 
but they I could can, win ten and win the division. They, they could win nine and win the division. Look at the way look, they could win nine. You know, and it's win not. The division. It's not like every team in the NFC East is going to wave a magic wand and have last year's bullshit be different. You know, the exactly. Giants, the Giants were one game away from another team winning to winning the NFC East yeah. with a six and ten record. Right. So you know. Um, so yeah, they just need to improve by a few games, and they should be right in it. I don't see Dallas winning twelve games. You know, uh, nine and seven, ten and six wins the NFC East next year. I, I think ten wins wins it. And again, Washington, you know they've they've got a they've got a scary defense. Yeah. But you know Fitzpatrick is a nice quarterback, but just I mean just look at his career. He's never he's never been a guy who's really taken anybody anywhere, mm-hmm. you know. Right. Yeah. So, well, I think there's, I think romantically we think about him and I think when he go to Harvard or wherever. Oh, uh, Fitzpatrick went to Harvard. Yeah. Yeah. So you know we have this image of him and and all that, and we like him because it seems like he's a good guy and a journeyman and. Sure. But he's, you know, he's not that great a quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> he's okay. He's better than some, not a whole lot, right? <laughs> uh, you know, and and worse than a a, a number of others. So, mm-hmm. I think the Giants again they're going to have to make good moves, and that's 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 where I if I was a Giant fan, that's why I'd be worried. Not that everybody else in the division is going to be so much better than you, or right. is going to improve so much, sure. but that you are not going to improve because of who's calling the shots. I got you. I hope we take. I hope it. I hope they kind of do well because it'd be nice. But uh, you know, if they don't do well, I hope he's. I hope he wants all. I hope Gettleman wants all the credit then. Right. <laughs> you know, if they don't go anywhere, mm-hmm. if they stay kind of where they are now, or win one more game, as I think they've done each of the last two seasons, right? Yeah. They won yeah. one more game than the year before, more. and one more game. Than, so if they do that again. I hope Gettleman's willing to take the credit for that, but he right. won't. He'll find some way to pass it off on someone else. Of course else. he will. Of course. So, all right. It's um, not gonna. I don't think it's gonna be necessarily pretty for either New York team, but uh, I think the Giants are gonna be. In a, I don't think it's gonna be necessarily pretty. I think it's gonna be better to some extent. Yeah. Than it has so been the last. Couple certainly, of years, the but. Giants are gonna have a better shot at winning the NFC East than the Jets are gonna have at winning, winning the, the AFC East. East. This is true, especially <laughs> especially with Belichick dumping all of that money. Yeah, uh, Belichick and, is going to be back to at least respectability. Miami's probably going to be better. It's either going to be Tua or perhaps Deshaun Watson under center. And then, of course, you have Buffalo. Yeah. Well, right now, uh, the uh, right now it's projected uh, the uh, Bills are the favorites at minus one fifty-five, um, which means, as they always say, you bet one hundred fifty-five dollars, you win a hundred. You know. Yeah. So they're minus one fifty five are the, the favorites to win the AFC East. The Dolphins are plus three fifty. The Pats are plus three seventy five. Yeah, no one else is even close. And the Jets are plus fifteen hundred. So mm, I would think it would be around twelve hundred, but so yeah, they got them all the way up at fifteen. So. Well, I've got an extra <laughs> thirty thousand, so I'd like to win three hundred dollars, please. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, good move. Oh, that's funny. In any, <laughs> yeah, exactly. In any event, um, all right. Well, we'll uh, we'll we'll see how that all plays out, and we'll uh, we'll report back. Obviously, we're talking what another five, five, maybe six weeks, five and a half weeks uh, before the uh, before the um, draft. So, 
plenty this of time. Even, for, I thought it was even more than that. Might be six weeks, maybe. Uh, yeah, because it's four and then three. It might be, might be seven. Uh, seven. What what day is it? When is the draft? It's start? the end of April. It's the end of April. It's last, oh, okay. Uh, last so Thursday, yeah, we'll last Thursday it, in April. We'll call it six weeks. It's six weeks ish. Basically, the middle of March now. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, all right. Well, we'll we'll see how that all plays out. I want to pop back to baseball just for one second. We we breeze through the Mets really quick because we got to uh, we got to um, we got to the Yankees uh, for uh, for Harry there. Right. Um, I just want to. Uh, there was a couple things I wanted to touch on. The uh, you know Degrom's pitching great. Um, some of the bats. Uh, Dom Smith hit a three-run home run uh, yesterday, and Alonzo yep. hit a solo shot in the fifth. And um, he he uh, had two hits. He ra- raised uh, Alonzo raised the spring average to four seventeen. So, yeah, it's a spring means nothing, you know. And I, I know it is, but uh, Lindor uh, had a two-run shot in the sixth. Mets won eight to three. Um, Lindor went two for three with two runs, a home run, and a walk. He needed those two hits. To get over the Mendoza line for uh, for spring training too. Yeah, it means nothing. But uh, in any event, um, no, he did he did look good hitting those and everything else. But here's what I was going with that. Um, Lindor uh, again announced. Uh, we we had some there was some rumblings what about a week ago or so. We heard that they were going to start to talk uh, contract with uh, Lindor. Oh yeah, yeah. I haven't heard much of that, but he did say in his presser after the after that game yesterday that he does not want to negotiate during the season. He said it before, and he's saying it then. And he says that if they do not come to some sort of a contract, and he wasn't, I don't think he was being much of a dick about it, but he's saying if they don't come to an agreement and have a contract in place before opening day, he will go to free agency. Of course he will. He'd be stupid not to. He'd be stupid not to, right, obviously. So, but uh, now, I'll ask you, do you think... They should not give him a contract, let him play, see how he handles New York. Because, look, bottom line is, whatever he's going to get on the open market, so to speak, the Mets can pay him. You know what I mean? It's not like it's the Will Ponds where, oh, they, they let him go, forget it, some other team's going to outbid them. Um, most of the other teams that have, uh, uh, that have close to the amount of money that Cohen has um, already have a ton of money in other players, uh, i.e., yeah, uh, uh, um, the Dodgers and so forth and so on, but um, so no matter what he's going to get on the open market, Cohen can match it, you know, or or increase it by a little bit, sweeten it a little bit to to get him back. So, do you think that they should just let him go to free agency, or do you think that they should wrap it up in the next couple of weeks and 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 just get it done? Uh, they'd be idiots not to wrap it up. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> a player like Lindor, you don't have to worry about whether he's going to be good or how he's going to handle New York. He's going to be fine. Like it's not like he's thirty-three, you know, and you're, he's looking no, for a six-year. The guy's size. a he's a freaking superstar. Yeah, you know, so he's, he's the best at his best at his position in the game right now. Get the deal done. Get shut, it done. Shut up. And, look, here's the thing: if you're thinking you're going to let him go to free agency and then you're going to sweeten the deal. Sign him now. What the hell's the difference? What are you waiting for? Just do it. Not, not only that. Well, the, right. The the difference could be you might piss him off. Right. You might feel unappreciated if you let him go to free agency. Exactly. Exactly. And look, everybody has a number. And you're right. Certainly, Uncle Steve can afford to pay him. Mm-hmm. But maybe somebody's going to give him more money than Steve is willing to. This you is know? true. This is true. Somebody I, might I... just, or it might be. It might come down to years. Right. Right? He's I, How old is Lindor now? 28? 27, 28, 27? 27, something like that. So, so what, you know, what if somebody gives him a 10-year contract? Right. 
It says, we'll keep you till you're 38. We'll pay you, you know, 35 million a year, right? Right, right. Well, maybe Cohen's not willing to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, sign him. Sign him now and lock him up. Because, look, if you don't, the other thing is, if you don't and you lose him, mm-hmm. then this wonderful offseason that we've had here it's, comes down to McCann. Yeah, it's, yeah, it comes down to McCann, down to McCann right. which is a great signing, assuming he pans out. We'll assume right. that he will. But that's it. Yep. That's all you get out of your first offseason when you had high hopes. No Bauer, no Springer. Right. You had the best shortstop. But you didn't take care of him before the season, and he's gone. Right, I agree. They, they and, wrap it up, sign him now, and for that matter, you know what? Just r- wrap up Conforto too. See, none, none of these, none of these conflicts just do it. here. Just do just it. Just do it. Get it done. Get it done. Get it done. Because, it done. Yeah, because done. otherwise you're back to what where you were last year with a better catcher. Right. Right. More or less, exactly. and you don't have you know, you don't have you, you lost your young. Uh, um, you lost Rosario, and what was the other guy's name? Jimenez. Jimenez, right? It was your young defensive wizard prospect. Right. right. Two good defensive shortstops, and they're gone. So now, now Lindor is gone, and you have to fill that hole again. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he's your bat, right? He's the bat. I mean, you got him, Alonzo, Davis, and McNeil. McCann's not a McNeil. Um, McCann's Conforto. not a big home, home run hit. Well, I mean, as far as your big hitters. Right, hey, your baby. boppers. Right. Right. It's Lindor, Alonzo. Uh where you go? Um, Davis. Davis. Sorry. Right. Uh, Th- those are kind of your big three, right? Right. Right. You know, as, as far as I, I think, I don't know who I I don't know everybody's Look, home everybody, run numbers. The bottom line is, yeah, home run numbers, but everybody can hit You're right around the infield. I mean, you know, uh, right, right, right. Uh, no, no, you get you get hit, but those guys, you know, those are your power hitters. Your power hitters are Alonzo, uh, Lindor, um, Conforto. Yeah, I guess to a certain extent, Conforto too. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, I, I mean, you don't want to you don't want to throw that big that great defense and that power away. He's a rarity, right? Shortstops right. don't hit that many home runs. There's not too many of them. No, you got you got to you got to lock him up. You got to lock him up, and you got to yeah. do it now. So right, well, yeah, yeah. Right now, if you're the Mets, you have some leverage over what you're going to pay him, right? In that you only have to negotiate with him or his agent in right. this case. If he goes to free agent, free agency, well, now you've got to negotiate against how who knows how many other teams, right? right. So you don't want that. You want you it to just want be you and hit your guy and his guy. Just get it, get done. it worked out, get it done. Get it done. Um, well, we'll see. We'll see how it all plays out. We got obviously two weeks from tomorrow's opening day, and uh, if they're going to get it done, they're going to get it done by two weeks from today, right? So let's see. I would imagine it's going to be before that. And, you would uh, think so. And a special, just a just a side note before we finish, before we wrap up uh, baseball there, um, on the Mets Astros game on Tuesday, um, uh, Reggie Jackson and Craig Biggio were seen sitting next to each other in the stands watching the game. So. It was uh, a little interesting. How nice would it be to be either one of those guys? Right. <laughs> hanging out of the spring training game. Beautiful. Right? I love it. Right? <laughs> if you're Biggio and you're hanging out with Reggie freaking right. Jackson. Right. Or if you're Jackson and you're hanging out with Craig freaking Biggio. Biggio, right. <laughs> Gotta love Just it. watching baseball. Just sitting there watching baseball. Talking yeah. shop. There you go. All right. Um, nothing really, you know. 
groundbreaking in the uh, NHL. We we're talking about hockey. Um, some teams played some games. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> the only thing I wanted to bring up was uh, was Artemi Panarin. He's uh, back uh, from his uh, leave, if you will, um, and uh, he was quoted in a. He was interviewed. He was he was asked directly. You know, how did it go? What was it all about? Tell us about it. So forth and so on. His quote was. Uh, uh, Artem Panarin quoted, this is probably not the time to discuss it right now. I have nothing to hide. I will address everything after the season. But right now, the focus is on the game and not these discussions. So, in other words, nothing. He was going to say anything. He'll talk about it after the season. That's what he said. So, well, uh, you know, if anybody is interested in that, we'll, we'll find out soon. Well, I've, uh, yeah, more interested. Like, what wasn't his family being threatened, perhaps? It was family being threatened by, uh, by the, uh, the, by Russia, Russia, yeah, by Russia, <laughs> by Russia, yeah, pretty much by Putin. Well, yeah, he was. Well, it was. His, uh, he was worried. For, I think it was. He was worried for his family because Russia was. Uh, they were. Uh, there was a story made up that he, uh, he, um, he assaulted a girl, assaulted or a girl, a younger girl when he was over there, so forth and so on. And she nor she nor no one ever came forward. Somebody, you know, just told the story. That would have never known it either. So obviously there was some, right, right, whatever. Right. But so we'll see. Yeah, what happens. It seems like it's pretty obviously fabricated. Right, right. So, but well, we will see. And uh, on another side note, the Islanders, uh, Anders Lee is actually uh, he got hurt in the Devils game last Thursday. Uh, he's out for tw- uh, he's out for uh, twenty four days minimum. So uh, he was leading the team with uh, twelve goals in uh, uh, twenty seven games. So. Uh, or 27 goals in 12 games? Yeah, well, you times. know. Okay. Good, know good luck, Probably Devils. 12, 12 games. <laughs> uh, there you go. But uh, in any event, there you go. That's that. And then NCAA, uh, last week it was Selection Sunday, and then, of course, yep. Selection Monday for uh, for the women. Um, before, we, before we say anything about that, Georgetown, Big East champs, um, you know, congratulations to this guy right here. Um by the way, uh, Mr. Dolan and security guards again, this is Patrick Ewing. <laughs> Pat Ewing. I know he looks a little bit different now, but still. He used to look like this. Now He's, he looks like this. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, it's, not, it's not that far of a, not, a stretch. Not, not, not too much of a stretch. He still looks similar. but And if you ask him his name, he'll tell you it's Patrick Ewing. Yeah, That's you should name. know that name. If you, you work at the garden, you, you should, should know, know the name. name. Right. Anyway. I'll tell you what's going to be interesting. I think uh, we got four playoff uh, play-in games going on, right? Yes, yes. Um, let's see. Oh, we got uh, Mount St. Mary's against Texas Southern. You got Norfolk State against Appalachia State. You got Wichita State against Drake. And here's this is to me this is an interesting one. You got Michigan State against UCLA. Mm-hmm. And I think I heard today they have seventeen championships between them. Those two teams. Those two teams. Seventeen. And they are playing a play-in game. And they're playing a play-in game. So, oh, how things change. Slightly. Slightly. But, uh, yeah, actually, I saw the end of, um, I think it was the Big Ten Championship. Uh, I haven't really looked at um, any brackets or who's in or anything. But uh, to, to me, the story is Gonzaga. Well, yeah, right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it right now. I mean, like, I don't think I'm going too far out on a limb right now to say it, but uh, I think Gonzaga's uh, got this uh, this year. Um, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll 
talk more about with Harry next week, but uh, but I think it's Gonzaga's year. Um, you know, it's I been... certainly would be cool to see it. I'd, I'd love to see a team go undefeated and, and be, win the tourney. That, no team has done it yet, right? Well, no, there's only been six other teams or seven other teams that have done it. No one's done it since Indiana in 75. Oh, okay. Oh, that's right. That's right. Uh, there are, I think there's four or five teams who've gone undefeated, Defeated, but they didn't win the tournament. didn't win the tournament, right. Yeah, I think it was UNLV did it one year, and I don't know, Kansas or whoever. I forget who they are. I heard right. the list like last week. Right. But Gonzaga is got, I mean, and these are, again, that's, that's 75 Indiana team. There's, I think, four UCLA teams on that list. Right. You know, in the wooden days. So we're talking about, you know, um, and then mm, I forget, maybe North Carolina, but like way, way back right. in the day. Sure. So, you know, interesting to, to, that, you know, even the discussion is even if they do it, do they, is this Gonzaga team as legendary as some of those other some teams have done teams, it, right, you know, right. and they're like, yeah. well, I mean, these are guys like Wilt and, you know, maybe Walton or whoever else was on sure. those, those great teams. Sure. Um, but I think you can only judge that after you see who comes out of it from Gonzaga, who goes to the NBA and right. what kind of career they have. Right. Yeah, I mean, those, guys, you... those are legendary teams because those guys became yeah. legendary yeah. NBA players. Sure. Absolutely. So Absolutely. it's really not fair to, although they were legendary college players as well. Sure, but still, uh, I, I, it, it would be you know wouldn't be the first time or the second or the third or fourth, or fifth or sixth or I think seventh would be the eighth right. time, I guess. But it's still history, right? And I like when stuff like that happens. I, I like when that. stuff that's maybe even if it's happened before, it hasn't happened in obviously a long time, right? Or has happened very sparingly. I like to I like to be alive and get to you know witness that to me that's very cool it would be cool i'd like to see that too um on a note too uh iona won the uh, mac champ uh, championship yeah and Patino. uh patino's going uh patino's going to tournament again <laughs> again and, and um, he's probably as much a reason why is anything as any player on that team right but you know what they were shut down most of the season they only played like a, a handful of games uh, but they, but in the in the tourney in the in the MAC tournament, they uh, they won, so they got a, they got their bid. Yep, um, that's what you got to do. Yeah, and uh, apparently, I, I was watching a uh, report, uh, an interview with uh, they were interviewing Patino uh, the other day, and he says he's got a suit packing strategy. So he's uh, he said there he's only bringing a certain amount of suits with him, but uh, you know he'll have to buy one in Indianapolis if need be <laughs> if they <laughs> if they if they get that far. So. But uh, in any event, and then uh, selection Monday for the women, um, uh, UConn, the UConn women, obviously they're they're the top seed, uh, you know, number one seed. Um, but did you see uh, Gino Ariama uh, uh, tested positive for COVID? So he's he's got a quarantine for ten days. So he will miss. Assuming they, you know, go deep into the tournament, he will miss the first two rounds. So. Uh, if there's anyone that can survive without their head coach, it's probably that it's team. UConn, right? Exactly. <laughs> I would have to say they they might win it all, even if he's not. If he if he has let let's yeah. you know knock wood right. that he survives, but he might if he ends up with COVID. Yeah, and it gets you know enough to keep him out of the tournament. Right. I don't want him to you know end up on a ventilator well, or anything. Got, but he's, he's well. He's right now. He's he's, he's tested right, he's, positive. He's tested right? positive. 
He's asymptomatic. So if he gets sick enough right. to to miss the whole tournament, they could maybe win it without him. Right, but I don't think as great as he is, he was. He, he I saw an interview with him. He was actually shocked that he, you know, because he hasn't been anywhere. He was with anybody else, and nobody else tested positive. Whatever. So, um, but whatever. Um, I hope they do well. Um, that that uh, was she a freshman or whatever that one she came from was it Wisconsin or uh, what the hell's her name uh, Beckers. She's just amazing. Oh, yeah, they, yeah, all, yeah. they all are, but she's just she's crazy, crazy good. Um, but in any event, yeah, that that is that is the new standard for quality. Yeah, there you go. So, well, there you go. There, uh, that should uh, wrap it up. I, uh, I don't have anything else. Do you? Uh, I, 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 I will have to save it for when, um, for when Harry's back. But next week, next week, think about this over the course of this week. Go for it. Uh, is the three-point shot a problem in the NBA? Uh, I can answer it right now, but we'll wait till next week. I've heard some discussion about that and and some possible ways to change the three-point or change some things about the game to uh, to change the impact of it. Teaser for those who, for those who think it is a problem and need some fixing. Sure. So I will sure. uh, reveal some of those uh, possibilities some, next week. Reveal some of those next week. We'll talk more about that. Uh, next week's going to be our last uh until until the finals anyway or deep into the playoffs our last lead off with basketball uh uh podcast uh because obviously baseball starts get to baseball that. and uh the day after two weeks from t- tonight uh will be our first uh, baseball preview obviously the next day being opening day uh, but next uh next friday too we'll be having two special podcasts uh that's going to be the uh 26th uh there'll be uh there'll be a a podcast, a Mets corner podcast, and a Yankees corner podcast. So, um, stay tuned for them. But next week, first, we'll uh, we'll do more NBA, and uh, Pete will uh, enlighten us on his ideas for the three point shot fixing. So, what do you think about that? That's all I have to say. So, anyway, well, we'll wrap up the show for today. Uh, at this point, we want to thank everyone for watching, and for those of you just listening to the audio podcast, thanks for listening. Don't forget to visit our website, www.logroom.com. That's L-A-G-E-R-R-O-O-M.com. And please remember, like us and follow us on all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our YouTube channel. All of them are at The Logger Room. Remember, we go live with the video podcast on both Facebook and YouTube every Wednesday night at 7.30. And for those of you that just want to listen to the audio podcast, you can do so on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and Stitcher. And if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to one or more of those feeds, and you will never miss a show. Again, thanks for following along with us. Have a great rest of the week. Have a wonderful weekend. Check out all the sports. Enjoy. Once again, happy birthday to Mr. Harry Lugnuts. And we will talk to you soon, guys. Take care. Cheers. Peace. Peace.